welcome back to the suspense is killing us. I'm Kevin. Travis. Matt, hi. We're all here. The, yep. Indeed. And we're doing it. <laughs> God damn it. We are. What are we doing? Uh, Kevin's got a picture of an old man glowering at me on his t-shirt. It's George Romero. That's George Romero? It's George Romero. Oh, it's pretty good. He's giving me he's giving me the business. Yeah. yeah. Don't be staring at old man Kevin. you with his hate rays right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I tilt my head the right way, it almost looks like... I could almost get this look. Maybe that is you. I want to... If I... If, if, when I'm old, I do want to have gigantic gigantic glasses like George Romero. I don't know if his head got you s- very small or... Get some gigantic glasses now! No, but I wanna, when I'm an old man, I want to look like, like that. I'm, Here's your I'm new issue of yet. gigantic glasses. <laughs> <laughs> you should... When you're old, you should wear around those full-on, like, novelty glasses that are, like, three... That are, like, two feet across. <laughs> you should get the De Niro... Like the novelty the ones from the 80s. The casino glasses is the end of casino. The Elliot Gould glasses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good, yeah. I'm gonna wear those Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen glasses, like those crazy <laughs> huge ones. Mm, that were fashionable. They were fashionable for like two years. I'm just gonna look like Junior Soprano, so I'll just my whatever my glasses I wear will be huge on my tiny head. <laughs> <laughs> we can all agree we're all gonna wear gigantic glasses. <laughs> we uh, and we certainly can't do it now. I, I'm not gonna wear them. It's not funny wow. now. Are you gonna be one of the old people who just because you didn't have glasses through the rest of your life just refuses to have them later, and so you're just functionally blind? No, if I need glasses, I'll get them. Should right, do that. My right mom now, did that I, for a few years. Right really? now, I don't need yeah. glasses. My mom, my mom was one of those people who would just be like, "What's this now? What's that?" And you're like, "Just get glasses. <laughs> just get fucking glasses. You can't see. You're yeah. you're 60 for God's sakes. It's fine." I mean, if that happens, I'll get glasses. But at this point, my eyesight you're is still very good. You're gonna be such a fucking nerd, Matt. <laughs> yeah. When you have glasses, I think when I'll you're look 60. good with glasses. <laughs> they give you a pocket protector <laughs> when you get your first pair. <laughs> What's up, future four eyes? You sack of shit. <laughs> Poindexter. <laughs> I just wail on Matt when. He has glasses. You'll just be at Harvard, and you'll be wa- after your glasses, and you'll be walking in the hall and be like, "Oh, you know, solve this equation that's on a chalkboard out there. This it's is a right e- triangle, you idiot. This is easy. <laughs> it's Ashley's triangle. Don't. But then I'll get recruited by the NSA. Right. That's true. And you'll invent crypto. No. Yeah. At the very least, you'll get on board with crypto. How could you not be on board with crypto? It's blockchain. Uh, Justin Bieber bought one of those stupid monkeys for like a million dollars. <laughs> The fact that like Today. NFTs went from being a thing I don't understand uh, entirely to Paris Hilton and Jimmy Fallon showing uh, printed off versions of these terrible fucking ape drawings to each other board boredly on on his show is like I don't understand happened, how it, it happened way faster than I expected. Like I was I expecting like there's something cool here, right? And then Paris Hilton's like, "Here's my my ape," and Jimmy Fallon's like, "Yeah, here here's mine. I I like mine." And you're like, "What the fuck?" And it's like the most boring thing ever. It's like just couldn't be it couldn't be more fucking boring. And you're like, "What the fuck is even happening?" You here? have to be boring for that to who appeal is, to you. I feel like who is excited about this? Like because these are because it's terrible like, art. So you you have to Jimmy be. Fallon can't even pretend to be excited about but it, I and mean, that's just that's all he does hey, is pretend to be excited. Yeah, why can't I just like screen cap it and print it? And you can. It? Well, then what is it? Exactly. What are you buying? I don't know. You're buying a receipt. Well, it's what I've been told. With the NFTs, you're buying a receipt. Someone has that a tells you someone has a fantastic uh, description that they wrote uh, on uh, you know yeah. Reddit or wherever the fuck where it's like imagine you go into the Louvre and someone's there at the Louvre and says you like that Mona Lisa. And they're like, and you're like, yeah. And they're like, you want it? You can have it. And you're like, okay. And you're like, they're like, that's gonna be sixty million dollars. You're like, there you go. And they're like, okay. And they're like, you're like, do I get to take it now? And they're like, no, it's gonna stay here. 
I'm going to write your name on a little piece of paper and put it in this closet way back here in the back of the hallway and under a locked door where you have to really know where it is. And only you it. can get in. And only you can get in. And then I'll close it there. But the, but it's yours. And by the way, I did, never owned it in the first place either. <laughs> yeah. Still. And yeah. it's like that's how it works oh, somehow. You, you know the lady who, who originally drew those apes has not gotten paid at all. <laughs> yes, of course. Like those and apes. The, and the, the, like the original people are always like, this is for the artist. Yeah. We're trying to give something. And the, of course not. Yeah, people are like, this is a way for artists to make more money. And you're like, this is a way for <clears> artists <throat> to end up eventually getting ripped off by fucking people again. And like, I can't overstate the fact <laughs> that the art fucking sucks too, which yeah, is yeah, the yeah. weirdest quality of the whole thing. I saw like an original, I saw a picture of her and there was like some sketches of the, of the ape or whatever. And it looked kind of cool i was like oh cool because it was like an actual fucking drawing but yeah. then when you see those like reproduced in all the different ways there it's like this is the fucking <laughs> worst looking bullshit plus that's like all people think of when they think of nfts now they think of this dumb ape. <laughs> fucking shitty ape. Like, so is, i mean does it increase in value like those commemorative that's, plates that's the uh that's the scam is that they say that this is gonna that's why people are buying it is they think it's an investment an investment yeah but it's beanie it's beanie babies but it's also like it's, it's just beanie babies it's a ponzi scheme except, just like crypto coins except, except beanie like, babies you, you could you hold a, a beanie you get a beanie baby <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing is people are going like it's just like the the fine art you know it's it's turning into exactly like the regular you know the real world fine art uh world art world but uh except in that also like if you are like maybe you paid too much for a painting you know this is the it's or an ape or an ape but like maybe you paid too much for a painting of an ape but then when you but then you actually get to take that painting of the ape home and you have it yes like right. this is like which you I just wouldn't want to do. Shitty, just shitty no, but art. I mean, but no, but what I'm saying is that like if it was a fine art right. museum oh, yeah, yeah, and you yeah. were like, this is this is over, you know, and it, because of inflation or whatever, you're like, well, you paid too much for that painting, but you have a painting. I don't want to pay a lot for this muffler. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. there's also, yes, the, it, yeah, there's also the argument that I understand less, not that I understand any of this, but like that, that, that it's uh, money laundry, that there's money laundering involved. There has to be. And that's as well. That's got to be and part I, of I it. Vague, I barely understand money laundering in general, despite <laughs> having seen Lethal Weapon 2 a number of times. Right. Um, but apparently the, reg like, the, the regular art world, too, is, involves money laundering. Yeah. Oh, for God's well. sakes! Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's so it's exactly the same thing. But so it's just more, know. more just more horse shit for well, for rich people. It is now. You know, because it's like laundered. Yeah. Money <laughs> is now laundered. Because the crypto bros are the same Wolf of Wall Street bros yes. in real life, who are who are essentially just f f trying to figure out ways to launder huge amounts of money. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, you know, what's no different? Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did really think that 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 was, that was probably my favorite Jimmy Fallon clip that I've ever seen, though. Considering I don't like his show. I mean, that or was him. it was my favorite. But one. it was really funny where he he has this shitty looking ape that has a striped shirt and heart sunglasses, and he goes, "This one reminds me of me because I've worn striped shirts before, and one time I wore these heart glasses, so I could." S oh boy! Wow! Oh my God! <laughs> what a fucking weirdo! Uh, he's a, I can't he's hate, a massive alcoholic. Yes, I can't hate Jimmy Fallon because he is a really? hardcore drunk. Oh, uh, my God, he's, yeah. He's a drunk to the extent that he hurts himself semi-regularly. Yeah, but he, doesn't, but he doesn't do it on TV or in front of people. 
yeah. enough. No, so. he doesn't just in IRL, but yeah, it's just like but who but gives nobody, a shit? nobody cares. I, so, yeah. so I hear a story from Keenan Thompson or something where it's like, oh, Jimmy Fallon was really drunk. Yeah, but I want to fucking see it. Right. It doesn't. He when he's on TV, he's just boring and he sucks. He's just the blandest uh, person ever. So like, be be drunk. If he's a, a hardcore alcoholic, be drunk on your show, Jimmy Fallon. I'm with be you. fucking so hammered that yeah. we watch that show and go like, fuck. I tune into Jimmy Fallon every night to see how to fucked see how up fucked he is. And he's got, have a drink on the air going like, hey guys, here I am. Paris Hilton's here with some bullshit ape fucking nonsense. Ooh. I'm cutting myself just to feel anything. My dick is out. <laughs> uh, my pants under the desk. <laughs> Look under your seats. The shots for everybody. No, there's not. Fuck you. One of the seats has a bomb under it. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, dad. <laughs> Fuck, Fuck you, you dad. dad. It's just Fuck like you. the end of punchline. I, I would I would watch Jimmy Fallon's show every night if that was if that's what it was. Just if, keep he, that. if he did a punchline meltdown at the end of every episode. Oh, I I don't, I've never seen punchline, but Ma- I just mean if he, if, he, yeah. if he was if he was that drunk. Tom Hanks literally goes like "Fuck you, Dad." No, no, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's a really funny movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, uh, it's a movie about stand-up comedians. This is gonna be a laugh a minute. Oh, if there's one thing I know about stand-up comedians is that they. Uh, they have, they have a lot of problems. <laughs> they're fucked up, man. They're, fucked they're up. the laughter of a clown. You know, because it's like they're delivering their... their, their the their, tears of a clown. I mean, the laughter the of laughter a clown. The laughter of a clown is disturbing. <laughs> it is. I mean, anything coming from a clown is disturbing. Yeah. Well, speaking of clowns oh, and disturbing... Uh, speaking of disturbing... One of those serial killers was a clown. That's true. Not the one that this one's based on. Uh, No, nope. Or any of these. But it. But but all three of these movies are... Any of these are, are based on Gacy? All three of these movies are disturbing. Uh no, none of them are based on no Gacy. Henry's based on Henry Lee Lucas, but yeah. most of his crimes may or may not have actually taken place. That's right. Right. And, loose, and loosely based too. It yeah, was yeah. like inspired by him, and then uh, <sighs> he inspired. Me. So what are we doing? We're doing three. We're doing sort of like the we we're, we're calling this uh, serial pillars. That's serial right. Because we're doing three of the canon serial killer movies that yeah. ch- pretty much influenced the entire genre. Going the big forward. three. The big three. I would say so. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer from when? 86. 86. 86. So, although, although it wasn't actually uh, released uh, till like uh, publicly, um, 2017 to like mm, to 90, 89 or 90. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And then uh, Silence of the Lamps from 1990. Yep. And mm. Seven from 1994. Well, I've heard of all three of these movies. I've five? seen all three. Yes. Five. Okay. 95. Yeah. 95. Yeah. <sighs> You might have heard of uh, these movies. You might have seen them before. Maybe not Henry. Is there anything left to say about these movies? We're going to find out. Nope, okay. that's I feel like I have plenty to say about Henry, them. Henry is they the- They all uh, suck. How do you like that? <laughs> yeah. Henry is the, uh, is the only one Fuck that's- you, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, dad. Fuck you, dad. Henry is like a little more of an outlier, but like having have, at first when we picked when we were doing it, I was like, hey, let's do Henry, and then it was kind of like we'll see. But it having watched it again, it is does no, feel as as influential as 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 uh, as these other two. Absolutely, not it's on just, the other it's two. It's just not but. like the crazy juggernaut that the other two are. But it's but you like see the you see a lot of stuff from that in other things. Yeah. Now after after it and in all of these kind of serial killer movies and stuff. Like yeah. clearly, it influenced a ton of filmmakers going forward. Well, let's talk about it then. Yeah. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Otis, plug it in. Did you really kill your mama? What? Did you really kill your mama? I guess I did. She must have treated you real bad. She's a whore. Susie! 
dance naked? Sure, all the time around town. Otis. Best little naked dancer you ever saw. You never. From our buddy John McNaughton, who John, directed John Wild McNaughton, Things. Directed Wild Things. Also, if, if you, you ever see Wild Things, you're like, is this the guy who directed Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer? <laughs> For sure. If you, uh, if anybody's listening, has the uh, Dark Sky. I don't know if it's on the Blu-ray, but it was like the on the on the Blu-ray and the DVD. It has like these interviews with uh, John McNaughton, and that guy had a crazy fun life. Mm-hmm. He was really? like this hippie, and he like was then he was a carny for a bit, and then he and then like he got into filmmaking because he decided I want to you know I need to figure out a career. He was an ad executive in Chicago for a bit, and he fucking hated the ad world, so he quit. You know, and then he's like, I want to make movies. And the reason he made Henry is because these guys were like he you know met these guys and he'd been doing like some documentary stuff and then they were like hey we got like a hundred and ten thousand dollars uh make a horror movie he's like okay and so the horror movie he came up with was his with his friend uh, i can't remember the co-writer's name was henry portrait of a serial killer wow and so that's how it got made it wasn't like and so he's like he's like oh you know i wasn't trying to make like it wasn't because people like this interviewer is going like, so the themes and this and that, and mm-hmm. was this a, on purpose and this? And he's like, he's like, I don't know. Look, I, these guys told me to make a horror movie. They were paying me to do it. And so I did it. The fact that it's like weird and how it is is just because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm weird. That's what we, that's the kind of movie I would make. But, huh. you know, so a guy couldn't make a fucking straight horror movie. He also made this weird movie called <clears throat> The Borrower that uh-huh. is only on VHS with the. Uh, uh, What's her name? Uh, from <laughs> Quest for Fire. Meryl Streep. <laughs> Radon Chong? Radon Chong. Wow. It's a bizarre horror movie. And Mad Dog and Glory. And Mad Dog which and I'm Glory. I'm a big fan of. Anyway. Wow. And, and Wild Things. Yeah. <laughs> wild Things. Yeah. Oh. And you like <laughs> that uh, movie Normal Life he made with Judd and uh, Luke Perry. I do oh, like yeah, that, that quite good. a bit. I do like that, that quite a, good a bit. Movie. Yeah. I think that's a really good Judd. One, at least one Judd. I like this that. movie. I, I remembered it from my youth as being like really horrifically disturbing and just, just made me sick to my stomach, and I was kind of dreading watching it again. <laughs> and then when I watched it the other night, I was texting you guys about it too. I feel like it's almost quaint. It, it, for the most part. There's a I mean, couple parts there's a couple parts that like, are still like, Jesus geez, like Especially the video thing that you pointed out. Yes. Yeah, that, that's pretty gnarly. That's and I mean, the uh, just the, I think the, the like, milieu yeah is like i mean of course then that's been that there that's been more well trod since 1986 sure. like there wasn't a lot of depictions at all in cinema kind of 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 like just real dirt poor mm-hmm. blue collar uh, yeah, kind the, of kind the, of people but there are now the serial so, and killer, certainly not in the sense that these people are like struggling down and out miserably like you'd see the blue collar the, but the, you'd see it in a Hollywood movie yeah but they would be like they would be like nice poor you know sure. it like, wouldn't look like this yeah it's yeah. like you, you get Paul Schrader doing like light of day where it's like they're blue collar they're all right. American yeah exactly these these people live in hell yeah <laughs> I mean if you just even if you took the serial well Chicago killer, like, in 1986 yeah <laughs> Chicago period yeah that's right and not not one deep dish pizza to be found not one. Well, they can't afford deep dish pizza. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's they're, not that, they're eating not really shallow of, dish pizza. Not that part of Chicago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't. You can't afford a deep dish. Or Go you to the shallow. Somebody paint me a portrait of a serial killer here, okay? Come on. Although, you think uh, I'm gonna put sport peppers on your hot dog? With uh, first, that? I'm gonna gouge your fucking eye out with a screwdriver. <laughs> Then I'm going to uh, videotape me choking the life out of you. Then I'm going to watch that videotape over and, and, by and over frame and frame over. Frame. I'm going to fall asleep to it in my reverie. <laughs> God. You uh, hear me? Otis? Jeez. You crazy for this one? 
yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's because we've been we've been desensitized to sure. that kind of stuff over the over the decades. Probably, you know, it just doesn't have the. But I think it still is like. Oh, I still think it's a terrific movie. It's still disturbing. Oh, I just mean as far as like it like fucking you up. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make you sick to your stomach now. No, no. Um, but I mean, also, I think yeah, desensitized, but also like uh, assimilated by so many other work works sure. that now it's like, oh man, I mean. This, I mean, I can see watching this in 1986 and being really shocked by it, but you watch it now and it's like, oh, geez, this is... Oh. You can, you can like, I think the percentage of what's, like, disturbing to, to what's surprisingly, like, I don't know, tame if, is the word for it, but just sort of considering its reputation yeah, yeah. when we were coming up, like, as the, as practically almost yeah, yeah. a snuff movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the first time I saw it, I felt the same way. Like, Henry Porter, like, that movie's shit. gonna fuck you up. And, and it did freak me out the first time. Yeah. But, like, the, in the opening scene, you just see a whole bunch of bodies, yeah. like, left in Henry's wake. And the first shot, and these shots are really cool. Yeah. The first oh, yeah. shot, uh, they're really hot. <laughs> 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 the, first, the first shot is... <laughs> But the first, he, he's doing this really, it's very stylish, like right out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, this thing where like he'll, it'll start with a zoom in on a like a dead body and then slowly zoom out and the camera will tilt yeah, yeah. as it's zooming out. And then they're playing this weird music, yeah. this weird, weirdly like pe- but eerie and peaceful it's music. It's Fortunate Son by Credence. <laughs> yeah, Tony! <laughs> very peaceful. Uh, yeah, this th- kind of like ambient music sting yeah. thing that, that they play over each body, over each body. And you're like, whoa, this is... This is more uh, uh, like weird and stylish than mm-hmm. I thought it was gonna be. And it's then it like keeps an art, and, it's and like it, half an art. It's half, half like an art film. It's like half, yeah. yeah. And then and they show like four body, four or five bodies. This dude. This is this is based on the 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 lot the the fake Henry Lee Lucas that he lied about that he killed like six hundred people. He said right. And that's right. the part where people were like, wait a minute, what? Six <laughs> hundred? Right. Oh, hold well, on was, now. He was convicted of eleven murders. Yeah. And then most of those, it turned out, were were just bad detectives. Were just. Uh, oh, is that true? Yes. Okay. I think. That the only one that he ended up copying to in the end was killing his mom. Okay. And then they can't verify <laughs> any of them, though. It was like bad. It was like the San Antonio um, oh God, police. I don't so it was like some like Texas Rangers or something well, who fucked up the case. At any rate, the, the, but anyways, fictional, the fictional Henry but is, this is, is we'll a fucking We'll be talking about the fictional one. And he, ki- and he just kills and kills and kills and kills. And there's very little law enforcement. But, anyways, they show like five bodies in this way and you're kind of like all right this is dead bodies this is scary but i can i can handle this is you know it's old whatever and then they cut and then there's a picture of a woman who's had a, a bottle shoved into her fucking yeah. face yeah and then they zoom into it for like a minute and you're like oh yeah god it's pretty so fun. that's what, what, what watching this movie is for me whereas like most of the most of the time i'm mm-hmm. going like yeah, yeah 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 fine and then there'll be something where i'm like jesus christ it has a it has the, the the taste to me of like uh German shock cinema from like the 70s and the early 80s too where like it's very very like stoic and droney <clears throat> and it's you know miserable and then it's punctuated by moments of extreme violence yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, there's like, a movie called Angst that, that was it, exactly the movie I was gonna say that, yeah. remind, that reminds me of this uh yeah. yeah, reminded me of Maniac the most. Maniac, Joe. As far as Spinell, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and partly because they're both like they were both just movies that were made on with very little money. And but so they're, they, they're ultra low budget, but they're also um, less. 
as sensational as you'd expect, but also less. Like, because Maniac has this picture of a guy, like, holding a head, and yeah. it says, mm-hmm. I told you not to go out tonight. Right. And you're like, I know what kind of movie this is, but it's actually, like, a lot of it is just an examination of this guy's life, and mm-hmm. it's disturbing and fucked up, but it's kind of like just following this person, and it, right. it treats him as a person. Yeah. And that's what's happening. I mean, that's then, what but m- then there'll be a shot of someone getting their yeah. fucking head blown off with a shotgun. You're like, whoa. That's what a lot of this movie is, is mm-hmm. just, like, is just watching. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole. Uh, it is a portrait of a serial killer. Exactly. Indeed. That's, like, it, that's the whole point not, of the movie it's, is that it's not it's not like going like it's not sensational at all. It's the opposite of sensational. Yeah. On, de- intention, de- intentionally. De- de- and so that's the part that <laughs> I think that's the part that makes it more disturbing. Mm-hmm. And I think probably the first time that we watched this made it more mm-hmm. because you're just like because you know we're used to the other two movies that we're talk- going to talk about. Right, right. Where you that, where it is sensational and it is especially in like seven, mm-hmm. it's it's taking place in a fake. An entirely fake movie world yeah. that is like totally designed to be a sensational murder playground, and this is like this is taking place in a neighborhood that you could would have right. driven through yeah. or whatever, or Oof. that you lived in, you know, maybe or whatever, you know, like the neighborhood that you drive these are quickly through. People, these are people that you would walk by on the street, like, and you go like, and then you go, and you watch this movie and go, did I? Have I walked by? How many serial killers have I walked by? You know, I, like I don't. You ever think that when you watch Silence of the Lambs, you don't go like, I probably walked by a Hannibal Lecter. But when you watch Henry, I kept thinking like, Yeah, I've walked down streets before. Like, just there's that scene where he's talking to the lady with the dog, and you're just like, That's just a guy. Just you know, who 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 hasn't had someone come up and talk to you about their dog? Like you're walking your dog around. Yeah, Matt yeah. goes, Hey, look at the dog, and then they they leave, and you don't usually think, Well, that guy's probably a fucking serial killer. <laughs> Yeah, so it's can here, I'm, I'm, I'm reasonably certain that when everybody, when people stop and talk to me about their dog and or my dog, and we, we serial th- know that I'm, I'm surprised they don't notice that I'm, I'm going to kill them. Like I want to kill them. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. That like, means you're doing something They don't right. suspect that I am a serial killer. That was John Lithgow's trick in uh, de- that season of Dexter. That's right. He would walk his dog around <laughs> and be like, uh, hello, you like my doggy lady? Oh, well, uh, I'm going to kill you now. I used to ask women where the post office was, and they said it was up the, up the street from downtown Seattle. Ah. Oh, that's from that, right? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and I would ask him in a weird voice, like this. <laughs> Do you know where the post office is? Do you know where the post office He'd be like, yes, it's on Handley, a street that doesn't exist in this oh, city. No. You'll have to help me. I have a cast on right now. I can't do it. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, so Henry just, it's like him. I mean, it's a portrait of him, but also of his buddy, Otis. Otis. And that played by Tom Tolles, Tom, yeah, the, uh, the head Aryan from Miami Vice. That's fantastic because because uh, I, I noted like watching Miami Vice uh, recently uh, last uh, for the last episode, I, I noticed that guy specifically and was yeah, like, scary "That dude. dude's fucking scary and yeah. he scares me." And uh, he's way scarier. I than actually this. thought you know because Michael Mann will just draw people from real life. I thought like that must be some guy who just got out of jail or no. he's got maybe he's got some crazy. No, he's just an actor. <laughs> just some actor. He's been around for a while. Yeah, and he's completely different. He's than really this. good. Yeah, yeah, he's like. A He's scary in a totally different way in this. Yeah. He's uh, not exactly, he's not in tuned with his own scariness. He thinks he's probably like a great guy. Oh, and if we're not, and if, since I don't know if we mentioned earlier, the, the Henry is Michael Rooker. Is played by the great Michael Rooker, and Rook, I believe this Rookster. is his first movie role. Wow. Like really? He, he'd been on, if you look at his filmography on IMDb anyway, he'd been in an episode of Crime Story. Mm-hmm. And also Michael I think Mann. he was, I think he was like, had probably been doing theater. And according to John McNaughton, like, uh, he came in. And he was like, and he saw, and John McNaughton saw him, 
at the audition he was like he was like oh my god this he's like this guy's this guy looks perfect please god i hope he can act <laughs> he's basically he was like he was like if this guy can act then we've got our guy because he's just he's he like he, because he's got the look <laughs> wow <laughs> he's been coasting off that look for a while <laughs> i love i love rooker he's a guy anytime he shows up in anything it's like it's like that or ebert's old uh mm at walsh uh-huh. uh harry dean stanton rule like if one of those guys is in the movie it's not all bad i yeah. feel the same way about michael he's james rooker. gunn's good luck charm now yeah he's been in every james gunn he thing. hasn't shown up on peacemaker yet but well, his he, character's dead well, in he that died universe. in the suicide squad so, so i don't know maybe if they could bring him back in a different role or yeah. something. But, <laughs> and i'm personally a big fan of rooker ever since cliffhanger yeah, he's in JFK. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. I mean, he's a guy that we he's all a grew up. Prominent he's, role in JFK. He, I mean, he's like he's like just this this awesome this character. You know, everybody knows Michael Rooker. Character, character. Yeah, he, he's, he's working very, forever. He's both very distinctive and has a distinctive voice. You he's know? really got he's really got a lot going. for I him. think I think since he's become like since he hooked up with James Gunn, he's got yeah. I think he's in more prominent things. More people know know who Michael Rooker is now yeah, yeah. because he's in Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff. But that guy's been around. That guy's been in fucking everything. Yeah. And he started mm-hmm. in this fucking movie. And it's like it's like a fucking great performance. It's so He's good. He's he's I mean he's underplaying everything the whole fucking movie. Yeah. Like he's got a, he's got a plan for what he how he's going to play this character. He's and, like and a, he executes it straight all the way through. Yeah, he's just like a fucking I mean he's just like a like a, a psychopath who just it's just it's in him he doesn't he has no there's no emotional attachment well, all the to stuff, any of the stuff there's that montage where he's like selecting a victim and yeah. he moves from one woman to another to another and you yeah. never really see if the result of all of them like you can assume that maybe he ditched one and moved on to something right. else or maybe you know like you see he's fo- he follows that one woman and it doesn't work out you know like yeah. oh this isn't gonna work yeah and he just yeah. he just moves on to the next one. Oh, this one has a she has a boyfriend or yeah, something yeah yeah like, oh never mind there's all there's it's also interesting the interactions <laughs> this this movie's kind of got a lot going for it because it just starts right out of the gate without any mystery this guy's going around killing people all the mm-hmm. time so it's I, in the title it's in the title <laughs> and then you see and then just the first thing you see is all is all these dead bodies and you know it's him there's no mystery there so like one of the earlier things you see him doing is is like just paying his his bill at a at a cafe mm-hmm. and just him talking to this woman and you're going like he's just talking to a lady and he's not is he gonna kill her is he because he, he could kill yeah. anybody at any time and in that interaction he just is like hey i like your hair and she and she's like that's that guy seemed great yeah. i like your hair. <laughs> you got a nice smile. And she's and like, oh, you, got nice, you got a nice smile. And then he, nice. and then he buys a pack of cools. Because, because, to him, it's just because to him, he's just him, and mm-hmm. he doesn't have to kill everyone. He, he, he doesn't see him. I don't know if he views himself as a monster. Or he, no, he no, does, yeah. does his thing. He's just doing. And it's, some people, it's he's com- like, I'm, I like that lady's hair. She's got a nice smile. Anyway, whatever. I don't have to well, kill have, everybody. He doesn't have emotions like people do. So <laughs> and that's right. He's a. It's. I mean, it's a compulsion for him. It's, I think a compul- it's, the thing. it's absolutely a compulsion. I mean, if this isn't and exploration, it's just, and it's how he gets a boner, <laughs> maybe. And it's rooted. But that's the in, thing it's is rooted the, in trauma, of course. Yeah, but the movie doesn't uh, go too deep in, or doesn't like have it. Doesn't have him like killing right. somebody and then go and then like you know cut to some sensational thing where he's like whacking off. He's like, "This is right. how I fucking get off," or whatever. You know what I mean? It's right. very ordinary and it almost is scary because it's almost like that, like you know blue collar thing uh-huh. like it takes the it makes the sensational thing seem like yeah, more yeah. ordinary and then you and then it's and that's also that's grosser well there's that because f- you're like that early scene where like he introduces <laughs> otis to the fact that he's a serial killer and they're like hooking up with these two uh, sex workers in a car in yeah. an alley 
And then one of them starts to get a little freaked out, and uh, Henry just fucking snaps her neck, like, in one deft move. I mean, really good at snapping necks. And then the other guy, and then Otis has another girl in the backseat of the car, and she's like, holy shit, you broke my friend's neck. What Ah!" the fuck? And and Otis is like, hey, don't freak out. But then Henry just grabs her and snaps her neck right away, too. Snappy snap. And then then he just takes the bodies and puts them in the trash next to where they're parked, and they're like, okay, let's go. Let's go. And and Otis is like, what? I mean, what about the bodies? Aren't we going to get in trouble? He's like, no. No. There's, I mean, there's. Yeah, a, he's right, I guess. That, which is like, it's like, what's fun? What's about that is, it's kind of funny. Yeah, because it's like, but it's like, there's an interview with Errol Morris on the Blu-ray too, and he keeps talking about how hilarious it is. Also, he got, he's the one who got Henry Porter Serial Killer into Telluride wow. the year it played, and it played the same year as Hen- uh, Branagh's Henry V, and a bunch of oh, people no. accidentally <laughs> went to watch Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer instead of Henry V. Oh, and, uh, Errol, and uh, by the way, Errol Morris thinks that's hilarious. Well, like, he's what, he's right. Couldn't, couldn't those people have a very, very I mean, I think they figured out. I think they the figured second, out pretty quick. Okay. I think, but I think the, the fact that like that he uh, he's overjoyed with the fact that people even accidentally yeah. went into the one thinking it was Shakespeare and then immediately pretty were presented different. with, oh, this is not... Uh, bottle in the face. This is not uh, Henry V. <laughs> yeah. Where be, where be her jibes now? But I mean, <laughs> but I mean, there's even stuff Once like more under the breach, like where he uh, he picks up that girl on the side of the road, and she's mm-hmm. got a guitar. And then the next, it cuts, and, and he and comes it, into the house with the guitar. With the guitar. <laughs> yeah. and, and you don't see that girl get, but you know that girl's dead uh-huh. somewhere. And he's like, "Where'd you get this guitar?" He's like, "I found got it. it. Found it. It's a nice guitar." I, I drift around. I'm vague with v- vague with details. I'm vague with details. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you where I got this. He's kind of like he's all he's kind of like the Joker too, because like he will bit, talk he, about himself sometimes, and then but then like at the end of that whole that he has this conversation. Like with, Heath Ledger's Joker. Heath Ledger's Joker. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but he has that whole conversation with the uh, the lady. What's the la- Becky? Becky. Becky yeah. Otis's her, her, sister. And she's da- great too. Her daughter's name is Lurley. Tracy Arnold. Is it? <laughs> yeah. That's so weird because that uh, a coworker of mine at the bar, a very nice lady who looks a lot like that woman, is also named Tracy Arnold. So, so. no, I'm not making that up. Really? Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> even spelled even spelled with an I. Wow. But he, but he like <laughs> so that's it's Otis's daughter, and he's and like he sits down with him, and Otis is like, I gotta go do but something. Otis's so sister. Otis's sorry, Otis's sister, and uh, and then Otis leaves, and it's the first moment that those two, because she's uh, she's like the sort of lady who's like uh, some guy who's any guy. Yeah. Yay. Right. I like you now because right. I'm t- I got my own. I fucked need up some shit kind of lifeline. Absolutely. And so they sit down, and she they just immediately start like saying the most fucked up. Oh, just like telling the most hardcore truths about themselves. And she's just like, my daddy molested me. Oh, my life has just been unending horror. he tells horror. her about Wes- Willie Nelson's in prison and he really wants a baby. <laughs> no, that's what I was going to say. It's like, the, it's like a, it's my, like a my, very my collage fun. and you fit right here. <laughs> yeah. It's like the white trash version of the scene. The diner, the scene, the diner scene, scene from yes. uh, from Thief. The Michael Mann meet cute. Yeah, and he talks about how he killed his mom and all this and all these details and you're kind of like, wow, they're really and having a heart to heart. unfazed. Well, and they, but then at the end of it, he's she goes like, so I thought you said that you stabbed your mom. And she's like, oh, oh. Nope. yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, yeah, I stabbed. No, and you're like, wait, is any of that fucking true? Because yeah. he doesn't. He's a psychopath. He has no connection to the truth. I or, mean, or maybe, no, or maybe he just doesn't remember too we, well. Yeah, we yeah, can assume. We he, don't know. We can assume he did kill his mom. Yeah. Oh, I th- like, I th- I th- judging by what true, he does in the rest of the movie. But who who fucking knows? Yeah, and right. he's he's like, my mom was a whore. That feels real. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, my mom was a whore, and then she fucked, and then she made me watch her fuck dudes, and my yeah. daddy didn't give a shit. <laughs> and you're like, man. <laughs> It's an ecstatic truth. Don't make your son watch you fuck dudes. <laughs> I th- I'm make you watch them. Hey. Make you watch. Make them watch you fuck whatever you want, but not dudes. Not dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't want to kink shame. Right. But 
<laughs> don't inf- don't force your infant don't, son don't to watch cuck, his don't cuck your infant son. Well, cucked. Why? Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> that was why. That's why he was mad. Yeah, that that it happened, and maybe that just comes from this movie, or from maybe that's just what happens, or whatever. But that is often the case. Like what serial killers, when they talk about in, in movies, at least, and possibly in real life, it's always like my mom made me watch me fuck dudes. Mm. Yeah, and you're like, what? That's a thing. Don't. Do- I mean, obviously, those are fucked up people, and what do you, what can you do? But still, right? No, I mean, you know, it's bad. It's it's abuse. Yeah, uh, the other it's a very I mean, weird and specific kind of abuse. One of the other great tricks. Of this the, I mean, look, if you can come up with a better way to turn somebody into a serial killer, I'd like to hear. <laughs> it's like the, it's, it's, it's what it feels like. A, I'm gonna make this boy into a serial killer. Sit right there. I need my Don't legacy preserved in murder. Now you, Mister Sailor, get over here. Better not pee your pants while I fuck these dudes. <laughs> or do, and but but set in it. And then all the dudes and the dudes are all and the dudes are. All what are y'all like, doing? Uh, are you going to let your kid watch? Yeah, he has to watch. Don't tell me my uh, business. <laughs> all right. Like, Don't whatever. tell me how to be a parent. Look, whatever. I'm I'm, I'm apparently terrible, too. So. I'm trying to turn him into a serial killer. Ah, oh, I see. Oh, oh, on oh, the irreal oh, killer. I'll play along then, ma'am. <laughs> oh, that'll do it. That'll definitely do it. Let's do this thing. Well, I really want to have sex with you in front of your son. For money. Mrs. <laughs> Prostitute, Mrs. Portrait of a Serial Killer. <laughs> That's his full name. What's, Henry. Uh, what's your ethnicity? That's an odd last name. Dutch, Dutch, Dutch Irish. Irish. <laughs> do you think he? Do you think he got that name when he was signing up for the Imperial troops? And the guy was like, "What's your last name, Henry?" Uh, he goes, uh, "I'm alone." Uh, okay, says, portrait of a serial killer. Yeah, Next, the, the, the guy, the imperial guy is the oh imperial guy is looking at a picture of Ted Bundy. He's looking at a painting oh. of Ted Bundy. I don't know, Henry. Uh, portrait, portrait of a serial of killer. killer. <laughs> Fine, off you go. Um, oh, one of the one of the great tricks of this movie too is that uh, it's there's no cops, uh-huh. which I like. Is that it's just like it's presenting this in this world where this murder happens, and he, you know it that that's kind of. Like I think you know how these serial killers get away with it for so long. And is it that it makes more sense in the in the, the setting too, mm-hmm. because they they was just dirt poor people who live in absolute yeah. squalor and like yeah, I could see a lot of shit going down. And a lot and of the murders in this, the people just the cops aren't interested. Well, yeah. yeah, a lot of the murders in this are people where the cops would go, okay, oh, whatever, you know, or they they would they investigate as much as they can, but then they go, there's no. They were prostitutes. We'll search for any immediate we clues. Didn't, we didn't find on the body. Yeah. Nope, there's no. Did the did the killer leave their driver's license on the body after they? Nope. Exactly. Well, unsolved. Uh, but uh, but also that like our our audience surrogate in this movie sort of is Otis. Yeah. yeah, like he's our guy. He's like the guy because he's the guy who's hanging out with Henry, and Henry sort of is. He's kind of going like, oh, he's get, he's the one who's showing him like, here's how you serial kill, or here's mm. how you mass murder, or whatever I do, you know, like, and uh, and what's fucked up is that oh, this is the more it's kind of the more fucked up character in in the movie. He's the more volatile, I feel like. But also, he rapes his sister. He rapes his sister. I'm just saying that he's like he's like a more disgusting character than Henry. He has yeah. an like, arc. and so yeah. and like and and he's also our audience surrogate. Where you're like, here's how I go about serial killing, and you're like, interesting. And then you're like, ah, oh, why does it have to be this guy that we're yeah. like? Uh, yeah, he's he's introduced as just sort of like a you know a he's not even that scary, but he like he's picking up his sister. And he's like, <laughs> he's just sort of. Yeah. He thinks he's funny. He's a piece he's, of shit. He's a. Pe- he's clearly a piece of shit and stuff. But he's not a serial killer yeah. at the beginning. Right. And then it's just like that's all he needs. Like, and Henry's just a bad influence. And then he spirals. Yeah. Based on a it's real like guy. Henry, it's like Henry introduced also. him to drugs or something, yeah, and then he tool. became. And then he surpassed him in drug use or and just completely lost control or whatever. And uh, and I, in and in videography skills. And in videography <laughs> skills. And I like. Uh, and also like it's you know. Uh, 
he's he's like dealing drugs to people. Yeah. He's on parole, I think. I mean, they're both they've both been in prison, but I think he's freshly the only, on, the per, only on parole. The only established authority figure that we meet in the whole movie is his parole officer. Right. It was, I and it's like, the uh, I got to go oh, pick was, up my kid. Uh, you're, what are like, you good, you, right? You still, you're still getting shifts. He's like, yeah, two or three a week. He's like, oh, if it gets below two, let me know. Otherwise, are you good? But he's not, yeah, he's not like a dick or anything like that. No, he's, no, he's, he's completely sort of like, disinterested. He's disinterested. He's a pencil pusher. He's like, I mean, a, which I think is more more realistic. Because it's not like a guy going like, I'm going to bust your balls because I... I don't like you. I don't like you crooks who are on parole. This guy's like, my job is to make sure you have a job. Do you have a job? Okay. He's like, ple- <laughs> he's like pleasantly unconcerned. Yeah. Like, you got your job? Well, let me know if you need any help. Bye. I gotta go. Yeah. Meanwhile, we've been following. We've been hanging out with Otis for a half hour or whatever, and we're like, Ugh, we're, we know, we know he's talking to one of the more unpleasant people ever in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, real gross. I do. I just, I really like how like unpleasant Otis is, and like, and then so that comparison of him to Henry, because Henry generally. When he's just talking to people, he seems like uh like closed off, but he doesn't seem you're not like gross or like I this feel guy's like a you, terrible. I feel person, like you have more to empathize with, to hang on to, such as it is with Henry than you do with Otis. Right. Yeah. With Otis here, he's like pushing you away. Yeah. Uh, I also think that Henry is just hundred percent simulating a human being and, sure. and the yeah, human yeah. being that he's chosen to simulate is like a bland, pleasant human being. Yeah. To 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 blend in a little bit more. So that's How why to he's like act like you are nice and caring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So that's why he's like, Nice dog. You have a pr- pretty smile. And, th- and like uh, I think that's how people have your ex- people are expected to be. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Otis is completely like it's like feral. He's yeah, like going yeah. feral by the end of it. Which right. He is like different. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. I, I love. Uh, I also like that scene where they go to get the TV from that guy. Oh yeah. Jeez. <laughs> they waste my time for fifty dollars. <laughs> I just. It's this fat dude who's selling a bunch of electronics out of this warehouse. Yeah. I, they, fell, possibly, they all fell off a truck. Possibly oh, yeah. mob adjacent. Uh, and uh, at the very least illegal. Uh, yes, for sure. And uh, and that guy looks exactly like my landlord when I was living in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> this, guy, this guy named Vince, who uh, Vince Clore though, who was who was who was pro- <laughs> who was probably had a hun- actually had a hundred pounds on this guy. His name was Vince Clortho. He was the key master, mm-hmm. and uh, and he used to, and I was living in this uh, hotel. Uh, <laughs> I was living in an apartment called the Vista Del Mar, and there was a pool in the middle of it, and nobody would ever be in the pool because he would always be in the pool. That's cool. <laughs> he was this f- like five hundred pound guy, and he would always be just right in the middle of it. And then we'd go down to pay our rent, and he would always be watching porno. <laughs> that is. <laughs> He'd be awesome. like, "Come on in and watch this porno with me." Guys. You like pornos? Give you a boner? Yeah. Jesus Christ! Wow. Yeah, and awesome. th- this guy's just like him. I mean, except he's th- that guy was fairly friendly, but this guy's just immediately like, "Hey, take a look at these guys that you're talking to. Maybe don't <laughs> provoke them. I don't know. Right. I like. I do like these guys look like they're they, these guys look like they might kill you, which they do, and indeed they do in I, in horror and I think fairly disturbing fashion. I, it, but that's another, this is another scene that's actually pretty funny because they like. They, I mean, they're choking this guy, and then they smash a TV on his head. Yeah, that that kind of fucks me up a little. But then they go, but then he's like, <laughs> plug it in, plug it in, and then they plug it in, and kind of like shocks him a little. Jeez. Kind of, hilarious. And it's, Otis, I mean, and Otis it's, is it's, like, it's, yeah. totally, it's totally fucked up, but it's also a little like this is kind of. Funny. It's a great, they, it's a great. And then snippet. they get a camcorder out of it too. They get a kill. 
But that's a great snippet of their re- of their relationship too bet- between Henry and Otis because right. they smash the TV on his head and then Henry says, "Plug it in, Otis," and then and then it shocks the guy and Otis is like, "Whoa!" Yeah. Like Henry, you're showing me all kinds of neat things, yeah. man. You you are something else. Uh, he takes him under the to the underground, which has since been the Chicago like underground underpass, which has since been more made more famous in like the Dark Knight. That's right. And stuff. But in this, it's not quite. Then Speaking not, of the joke, it's not quite an exciting chase. But they just like stop, and he's like, "Let me show you how to do this." And they just pretend, they just pretend that the car's broken, so that a good Samaritan stops and is like, "Hey, can I help you?" And he's like, "I don't know, Otis. Can he help us?" And then they just fucking shoot this guy, and it's like, you know, and, Ot- and Otis, like, he looks like he um, he's playing with a toy, like a toy car or something. He's right. just like, "Whoa, yay, yeah. neat." There's like, a, I mean, there's this brief period in the middle of the movie where they get the video camera where Henry's showing <laughs> Otis the ropes, which is most of the, not brief here, it's most of the middle of the movie where they're just like, it's like this little friendship. And Henry, you almost see Henry kind of enjoying showing a guy mm-hmm. how to do this. And Otis clearly is like having having a ball, becoming a fucking you know, murderer or whatever. Yeah. He's, too, uh, he's too into it, Frank. You know, the, uh, the, the honeymoon doesn't last forever, though. No. Henry starts to get sick of Otis. Oh, well, the movie's about 80 minutes long. Yeah, it's pretty it short. Goes, yeah. It goes fast. But so then, this stuff then also, like, fast. the wor- I think the most disturbing crime is one that occurs, quote unquote, off camera. Because it's you watch the tape of it, but you don't actually yes. see them making that tape. And well, you, it's and great because you see it, it you shot see it. Th- as it's playing on the TV and that they got from yeah, yeah. from the guy that they killed. Well, and, the, and they got the video camera. From and they got the yeah, video, yeah. but the video it like pulls out from the TV. Yeah, yeah. And like so, at first you're watching this on this crummy video. Yeah, And yeah. then it, like it pulls out, and you're like, oh, and then they're watching it. Yeah. And then Otis, at least, is like really into really it. He's into like, oh it. man, that was so funny when you did that. It's like it's like when, you know, when we were kids and you'd make like fucking uh, sketches with your friends mm-hmm. in your basement and then you'd, you know, you'd murder put videos. it on, you'd put it on and watch it and go like, oh man, that's so funny. That's what they're doing except it's like the it's murder the video they made murder. earlier and they're murdering this whole family. So you didn't you didn't kill families when you were doing that stuff? Not whole families. Not whole families. No. <laughs> you leave some of them alive. Tell the story. No, the the camera tells the story. You just want you just want to leave someone traumatized. Okay. I mean, I would kill whole families. I mean, what? Well. You know, it was the 90s, though. I mean, things have <laughs> yeah, changed. Yeah, Clinton was it, in office. It's Times more of different. A, it's more of a police state now, and you, it's not, not as easy to get away with. Yeah. And frankly, nobody really cared as much. It was a boys will be boys sort of mentality. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but this video is is like all one shot, and it's really... It's really fucking disturbing. Uh, like a, just like from the stuff, the fact that disturbing stuff is happening, and also just sort of like, man, they really put these actors through the ringer here, because mm-hmm. it's one take, and it's like this lady has to be like, ah, and uh, and of or Otis is of course the who's more pervy than Henry. Henry yeah. doesn't seem interested in sex. No, not uh, not, not Otis even is, not Otis is like pulling her shirt up and sucking on her boobs, and it's just sort of like Jesus fucking yeah, Christ. I mean, this is I mean, this is acting, and this is a movie, but this is a thing that is really happening in the yeah. same time you know and it's and then it's up being shot on this like fucked up grainy looking awful <laughs> videotape too it's pretty it's disturbing it's pretty uh, gnarly. And, and the fact that they're watching it and like going like man look at that look at look at what and we you can did. tell henry's Woo! sort of like we shouldn't fucking be doing it. not not the murder part but just sort of the video yeah, yeah. like this is probably a bad idea and otis is just like <laughs> well he has Ugh. Yeah, he has no great. he has no interest in that his yeah. <laughs> his only interest is like just going just drifting around and and like murdering when he feels the urge. Yep. Like he's not. It's his no other. He's no other purpose at all. He's like a shark in a way that way where it's Absolutely. like I'm gonna completely I need, solitary. I need to eat. Okay, I did that. All right, moving on. You know, which is why when he has any emotional interactions with like, uh, uh, I can't remember the Becky. Her name. Becky. Becky. It's like 
it's like uh, it takes him a minute to have to readjust and be like, all right, I'm supposed to pretend to be a person. Right. Um, yes, I had a mom and also childhood or whatever. Like it's like he's like trying. He has to re- reset and remember that he's pretending to be that because he's like, I just all I do is I wander around. I have like he has like night you know I know to say nice things to people mm-hmm. so that they they don't think anything of me yeah uh, and you know seem unassuming except for that time he says fuck the Cubs to that to that, <laughs> to that guy but that's later in the movie when it's he's another got, interaction where you're like don't kill the guy and then he doesn't you're like oh woof and then he also doesn't kill the lady with the dog outside but that's he, after I think he's, he like maybe considers it that's in a part where he's like mad at Otis so mm-hmm. he's like, so he's a little more on edge and that's yeah. when you see Henry on edge it's like because as he leaves. That's like after the video, I think, and then he leaves or something. He comes back and Otis is yeah raping his raping sister. Yeah, before that, Otis like tries to. He's like, "Come on over here, Becky." When they're having yeah. like a little like a weird, creepy three-way party together, and then he's like, "Come on over he here." Tries and then to he, kiss he her. grabs her. He grabs his sister and, and tries to kiss her. And Henry like grabs his hair and is like, yeah. "Don't you fucking do that." Which this is, is fascinating because Henry takes makes these weird these weird moral stands a couple times with Otis and his sister, and he clearly in some way some psychopathic way <laughs> likes Becky to right. some degree but yeah. also he's not he doesn't form attachments he's right. a psychopath well, as we'll discuss in the end yeah. um, but he in two, in two occasions and then the second one Otis is raping his sister and Henry comes in and like fuck and kills Otis yeah, yeah. No, they, she, they both, she they both kill him together, she, but he, she but he stabs like, him in the eyeball with a fucking screwdriver right. or whatever. Yeah, and then oh. you get an a you full get on gr- like uh, great little cheap horror movie shot. It's yeah, awesome. that great insert. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. <laughs> like a fake head and, and it's goo gross, squirting though. out of his eye. Oh. She stabs him with a metal cone with a or comb. Yeah, the comb right. with a Oof, stabby right. <laughs> stabby end. It's great. <laughs> And you're like, all oh, right, it's this kind of movie. While the while the video is still framing on the yeah. on the yeah. TV, burp, 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 Jesus Christ, burp. it's very gross. <laughs> There's also a part. I mean, earlier. this movie this movie's not as disturbing as its reputation now, but it is still very disturbing. Oh, and I think and then he you... cuts Otis's head off in the bathtub, and it's really yeah. funny. The sound effect when he yeah yeah yeah. <sighs> Because he's, he's got him bent over the bathroom. And you can tell, e- easily tell how all these... It's the, There's no mystery to how well, I mean, any the movie of these was made done. for $100,000. $100, exactly. But I mean, it's a really great $100,000 movie where you go... Where they... It's made by people who know how to use 100 Like, I have $100,000. Okay, I, I know exactly the kind of movie I can make. Yes. You know? But the sound when he pulls the... he's He's been yeah. cutting through the head and he pulls the last bit is, is truly... Truly something. Uh, th- there's <laughs> Jesus a, Christ. There's a scene earlier, why, so why they go to get a new TV is because Otis flips out on the TV they have and gets all pissed off and like uh, ends Kicks up it. smashing it. But it always reminds me it reminded me of that scene in uh, scene in Fargo yeah. where Steve Buscemi's bashing on the TV and it just is like cutting from him and then zooming in on, on Peter Stormare and he's just pissed. He's just getting <laughs> he's just pissed going and, crazy. and slamming on the TV. Because again, another pair of like fucking psychopathic idiots, one of them who whom is more of a yeah. uh, uh, actual psychopath and then like a hot-headed idiot. Yep. But I don't know that like I don't know the Coens like based the those guys on Henry sure. Henry and uh Otis or whatever, but it just the whole the comparison I was like, "Oh man, they it is almost exactly the same kind of thing." And the one guy is like, "I'm so annoyed by this dude. I'm going to fucking kill him." Yeah. <laughs> they reminded me a little bit of that of that uh, psycho team in uh a History of Violence too at the beginning of History of Violence. Oh yeah. Just oh, these yeah. full-on psychopaths sort of driving around. One's the older, more seasoned one, and the other's the younger guy. Right. Just like for that part, remember the when the bully like like they almost hits their car, mm-hmm. and then he goes like, "What the fuck?" And then he just looks at one of them and goes, "Oh shit." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A, an ac- oh, that guy is actually scary. Uh, I like that part in that movie where that guy's face gets blown off, <laughs> and he's just like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Cronenberg, baby. And when he smashes the coffee pot into that guy's head. I haven't seen that since uh, we saw it in Berlin or You know, it, doesn't, it whatever. doesn't really hold up for me. Like, I think it's it's fine. It's but fun, among though. Cronenberg movies, I think it's kind of low on the low on the pole. But yeah. it's still got the, it's got its moments. Yeah, it's, I think it's just fun. And then there's parts that it become a drag because, it, like you said, it, does, it like the whole as a whole, it doesn't hold up as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you're like, now I gotta get go th- get through this part. <laughs> yeah. This movie holds up really well, though. It's yeah. good. It's uh, a good movie. I this uh, I don't know if I'll be watching it. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I've got, got what I'm gonna get out <laughs> of. I've seen it twice. I'm but set. It's, it's so short too. When I put it in, it's like an hour and twenty yeah. some minutes. It's a really real. Fast. It's a real mercy. Like twenty two minutes long or something. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Uh, I, which is, I mean, and it, but it it's like so lean mm-hmm. that it. It does what it, it does what it sets out to do, and it also fits. It fits with like it, like that. It feels abrupt at the end, which is the correct feeling, right? Because yeah, you're still you've out been, there. You've been, yeah, but you've also been watching Henry. He drifts around. We we know his deal. He goes from place to place, killing and and in this situation, he's made a, a weird connection. But he's a yeah. psychopath, and those connections don't last. Well, cause he, and for whatever reason, um, you know, because he's killed Otis, and now he's he's going off with uh with uh, Becky, and she's like, "Now nah, we're together," and he's like. Mm. Nope. <laughs> yep. Well, that, and, and then we, and yeah. then the last shot is, you know, 80, well, the, that about whole, the eighty minute mark. That the, whole part where he like where she, they're in the hotel and then and then it, he like, leaves and she's not with him. Well, right, but yeah, in the morning, cuts to the morning, and he yeah he leaves and she's not with him, and then you're like, uh oh, she's dead, and then like he drives down the highway, yep. stops off the side of the highway, looks around a bit, takes his big, big suitcase out of his trunk, sets it on the side of the road, and yep. dr- and drives off, and we're just left with that suitcase, and we know what's in there. That's it. <laughs> is it Becky or is it Otis? It's Becky, and okay. I, I think the implication is Becky because there's nobody else in the th- car with you. Yeah, Otis, they because they because he cut all the parts and they were in garbage bags. That's right. Okay, I was so. I, I was wondering if he was in there and, no, Be- cut- and Becky was just in the hotel room. Dead. No, no, no. Becky is in that suitcase. He's in the suitcase. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, part of his. I mean, like you know, he's after all that where he's like saves her. He literally does save yeah. her and like stands like, up for her. But it, he's still he's not a human. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You know, he's Henry. He's Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. He's, he, I mean, he, again, he's like a, you know, it's like a, a shark or whatever. He's like, I'm still fucking. What's that? The the thing where the, what, but the parable with the, what was the story where the, you bitch, know, you know, a, bitch, you knew I was a scorpion or whatever. Bitch, you knew I was a scorpion or whatever. What's that from? Anyway, you know, oh, it's, that's in Natural oh, that's Born, Born Killers, killers but, right. but it's the same story. It's the same thing where it's like, uh, you knew, you knew that what was. It? I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, it's not like the joke he tells about little Johnny. Little Johnny, no. Little Johnny, no. (laughs) You filled her up. (laughs) Then what happened? Then what happened? Uh, But it's pretty. It's pretty grim all the way through. It's true. The movie's true to itself. One Um, of the first uh, NC-17 movies. They had a. The reason it didn't get released widely for a long time is that it had this ongoing battle with the MPAA, um, hmm. and they had like lawsuits against them and stuff. Because, and I think the true, which is that the MPAA has a bias against uh, independent movies. And, for foreign, sure. and foreign movies, because if you look at the list of other movies that they ended up making the NC-17 for, it was uh, 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 Time Me Up, Time Me Down, and yeah. Cook the Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover, which yeah. are foreign movies, so like essentially independent movies as far as Americans are concerned. Total Recall and gets a pass. Total Recall <laughs> gets a pass. The, the next two movies we're going to talk about get a pass. Absolutely. And I, I mean, mean, it's just a co- just a few years like, later, we're talking about we're talking about jizz being thrown on people yeah. and faces and being I, cut off and stuff. I couldn't help thinking about that because I watched these in in chronological order, and so I couldn't help thinking about that the whole time I'm watching. Silence and Seven and going like mm-hmm. these ones didn't even have a fucking problem at all with the ratings board because it's a major studio yep. you know whatever like maybe they had to go trim a little thing but I think that the idea too is that Henry was that kind of movie where it's like so disturbing all the way through 
mm-hmm. that they're just like, what would you cut? What can you cut? You know, they, I think that the people are just disturbed, and so they're like, no, X rating. They kept giving X rating, X rating, and then you know, yeah. back back then, before NC seventeen, and even after NC seventeen, there was no way they could advertise or get a movie seen if it was rated X. Yeah, yeah. you couldn't play it at a theater. And, it, and people have an idea of what an X rating is, and it, this ain't it. And so that's right. Not which fair. is or, or initially it wasn't that, but then it got you know co opted. All that there's a yeah. whole history of that, which is which is interesting. Oh, yeah. But it I has mean, a, the whole history Midnight of that cowboy movie, was X rated, right? So uh, Street Fighter was the first movie that was uh, the the Street Fighter with Sonny Chiba was the first X rated movie for violence. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Six foot six of half. Times RoboCop got a got an X rating. Yep. Of course, they were able to cut out like five seconds, and I guess that was good. Well, that's enough. fine. Good, good enough. For Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they greased their palms a little bit. Yeah, we cut out five seconds, and here's a little briefcase. Here's a briefcase, <laughs> a bag of money with a dollar sign on it. But, uh, um, yeah, so this movie was made Everybody's going to know what's in there. You shouldn't put the dollar sign on it. <laughs> Not a script briefcase instead of the bag with dollar sign on it. So made in 86, but didn't really get widely released until later. And I think by the time it actually finally passed, got NC-17 from the MPA, they, they'd already like put it out on video. And then, it, then, then I think it just became a cult. Yeah, yeah like and, cult, and, during, and during this time, because of these things, it develops. I mean, yeah, it, it I watched it when I was reputation. a kid because I had heard I think, how fucked up it was. Yeah, I think that's, that's part like of it. That's like one of the better yeah. things that could have happened to it, honestly, is people going like, this movie was fucking X-rated because of a, it's right. so fucking fucked up. And you're like, whoa, intriguing. Yeah, exactly. I am intrigued. <laughs> now I want to watch this $100,000 movie. I mean, I, and I think this movie's great. I, I love, like, just, like, first movies like this. I love independent. I like, like, just, like, very... Uh, low-budget independent movies, especially when it's like a director like McNaughton, who I don't know he's made a lot of stuff I, I would love or I could say like his whole filmography is great, but like he clearly like in this first movie knows exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like just those shots, just even that first shot of the dead the dead lady is pulling back, you're like, this guy's up to something. Like he's, you know, it's not like he does, you know, it's not just exploitation. There's, it's, what does Stuart Gordon say? He said like it was... It's like it was too much, too much exploitation for the art house crowd, yeah, and yeah. too much uh, art house for the exploitation crowd. Too or much whatever. of a boy for Crazy Town. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's, I, I, they do. I think that, but I think that's what I love about it is that mm. it's like both, and that like you know you do, it does empathize with these characters. Yeah, yeah. It makes you empathize with these characters, which makes you feel also makes you feel gross. <laughs> Yeah. Because you're like, well, I don't want to empathize. I mean, maybe with Becky, because she seems like nice. Absolute tragedy of You a human sympathize game. with her. Sure. But you, but the movie even forces you to, like, know, because kind of be like, yeah, you know, Henry. Henry's right. This Otis, is, Otis is a jerk. And you're like, oh, fuck. It's the same thing that caused Will Graham to have his breakdown. <laughs> Somebody's going to have to ask you about it in the cereal aisle. I've had it up to here with you fucking crazies. Dad. <laughs> Wow. It's also like, well, we're, we're that's gonna, my impression of that Man scene. Hunter, from there you go, yeah. We're going to be doing charismatic psychos uh, after this, uh, right. to like, like, uh, inter- to one degree or another, <laughs> to one degree, maybe, maybe charismatic, but at least like entertaining yes. or like that. Right. And uh, I, I did meet a psychopath one time, like a scary psychopath one time, and you weren't supposed to tell anybody about hell, that. It's, <laughs> it's a hell. You told of me you weren't going to tell anybody about this. I'm telling. I'm, yeah. You try to stop me. Oh, he's picking up a comb. Ah, he's no. picking up a pointy comb. No. Let me get the video camera. But yeah. like, a, a, do you remember this when the a guy when I it was when I was working at Scarecrow and a dude who had just gotten out of prison came in and he was, I think it was like one of his first stops for some reason when he got out of jail uh-huh. and he was probably like 65 and his name was Joe. No, his I don't remember what his first name was, but his last name was Coffin. Oh what! Amazingly mm, enough, that's cool. And he was just dead-eyed and scary, and he and he wasn't like yelling at me or anything, but it was one of the more traumatizing <laughs> customer <laughs> it was interactions. Like Henry, he rented a couple <laughs> movies, 
He rented he, and he somehow was able to pass the the, the credit test and stuff like sure. that. And uh, and of course his he never returned his movies and he bought a <laughs> scarecrow t-shirt. But he would just Weird. like he would just make the he would just like when he'd look at you in the eye he would be like oh no <laughs> you felt uh, he felt like a coldness. Wow. <laughs> So, Crazy, and then I and then I had to do the late calls because his movies weren't getting returned. I was like, I definitely remembered his name, Coffin, and some scared lady answered. It was like he's not around anymore, <laughs> sort of thing. Wow. It's like Jesus Christ, Whoa. absolutely scary oh, shit, okay. scary that, shit. Nothing, some, nothing fun about that. That's some Henry Porter the serial killer stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's what the, that's. I'm to look him up when I get back to the office this week. I, bet his, I, bet I don't his think there's many last the, names with co- and many other coffins. Yeah. yeah fuck. Yeah. Find uh, out what he rented. But yeah, Henry. Henry, Henry reported of a serial killer. killer. Not a whole lot of like hilarious or <laughs> fascinating lines. This is Henry talking about like just kind of like his very vague philosophy about why he kills. It's always the same and it's always different. If different, either you, it's either them or you, one way or another. And he's like, it's them or me. And he's like, you know what I'm talking about. And it's like, what? Jeez, that's the way he sees it, though. What it's is, just what is he, he talking about? Just either you kill them or they'll kill you. Is oh. maybe the way you justify it to yourself? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and, and Otis is always saying just b- nonsense. He's like a really <laughs> dumb and fucked up. And th- at one point, somebody goes, uh, d- maybe you, this makes sense to you guys. But somebody asks him, like, you got any cigarettes? And he goes, not since Superman died. Nice. Yeah, I, I thought that was a very interesting piece of dialogue. Don't know what the nope. fuck that means. Nope. And didn't, then when he's talking to this lady, the, the old lady with the dog, I enjoyed this. That was a f- this is what a kind of dog is that? Heinz. What? Heinz. What? 57 varieties. What? He's a mutt. <laughs> that seems really funny to me because it goes on so long and you're like, stop talking to him. He's going to murder you if you keep pushing this lady. <sighs> and then and then the whole, and this is when, when Henry's talking to her about their horrible backstory and she's talking about all the horrible nightmarish stuff that her, her dad did to her. And then <laughs> after all that, he goes, didn't get along with your daddy, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah, you're like, were you? Li- were you? The uh, best he could do. Were you listening? I'm pretend. I'm trying here. <laughs> I'm, this is that's that's this is me trying. Yeah. As much as you get. Uh, ratings. That's as much as you get. Four Juds. Damn. Uh, it's an excellent movie. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, it probably deserves more, but I've you know I've had my fill. It, it, you know, it does have that going for it also, where you're like, this is good, but I don't want to watch it again. Yeah. So it's weird. Uh, but it's very good. Uh, I'm going to give it four Douglases because it's intensely unpleasant. Yeah. For many reasons. Um, and I'm going to give it uh, 10 out of 10 really nice guitars. It's a nice guitar. <laughs> Real nice. A nice guitar. <laughs> I'm going to give it... I'm gonna give it three and a half. This is very, it's very good. It's like just one of those movies that's doing everything, that's it's succeeding at everything that's trying to do, but it is still wildly unpleasant for all. Not not just the content, not just the murderous content. It's right, a hard, right. it's a hard movie to watch. Um, but you know, everyone's good. And, and and honest, you know, I'll put it, I'll put it up to four just for the fact that they made it for a fucking hundred grand. Like yeah. this is something, this is something that you can still watch and find intriguing, and still works visually yeah. in every way. For a hundred grand, yeah, amazing. That's that's an amazing accomplishment. <laughs> Even though I will never be, I will not be watching it again <laughs> for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, and happily so. Uh, I'll give it three and a half Douglases, and it's all nasty, but um, you don't see that much. Um, and I, you know, I, you know, I like to, I like to when I'm going into the four and five Douglases area, I like it, they got to be real boobaramas mm-hmm. sort, of, mm-hmm. sort of things. 
<laughs> oh, there's uh, some boobs in this. I know, but I like boobarama. It's, I wouldn't it's call it a boobarama. <laughs> it's more of a boobateria. <laughs> a boobasborg. <laughs> not even close to a boobasborg. Uh, and I'm going to give it uh, 10 out of 10 Vince Corthos, my... Uh, <laughs> My five hundred pound, <laughs> my five hundred pound landlord. Jeez. Hope you're uh, listening. Hope you're listening to this, Vince. I don't believe. <laughs> I really don't think he's still out, still alive. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm giving it four and a half, Juds. I I, I really Damn. love this movie. I, w- and I didn't expect to watching it again. I expected to like it less, but I think I liked it more. You just identified with it. I did. I was like, I was like, interesting. I said, I, I finally took a, a movie I took for a lot, Kevin. I took a lot of notes. I was like, finally, we're watching a bunch of serial killer movies. Fuck, I can learn something. Uh, I like how much it teaches you. You know. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I just think this is great. It's my kind of. I just any kind of like these 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 indie movies from this period. I just love like just I love I love a movie that like is scrapped together, but like. You wouldn't necessarily be able to tell that just if you put it on. Like you know, right. it looks like this was made cheaply, but it was it doesn't. It doesn't look like fucking cheap ass horror movies from right. the same period where that are like that maybe had more money, but like look worse because the filmmakers behind them are are worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know, know, it looks like it, exactly what it's supposed. It's got to be. exactly the right actors, you know, in it in the parts and stuff. So uh, I don't know. It just it just works for me. The whole the whole milieu. Uh, and I'm gonna give it. I'm giving it four and a half Douglases because I think <laughs> this movie just creeps. It creeps on me. It like is gross, and it also is like something where I'm <clears> like, <throat> we've all been in that house that they live in before, you know, or whatever. Whether we we probably didn't live there, but we've been. You know, somebody who's you know, and just that, that just just that idea of it. It's like and one of those kids. The murders stops, are disturbing. Stops off at this house in Gummo at some point. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and you know that Harmony Corinne loves this movie absolutely. Uh, but like, uh, this is like it's just. I mean, the murders are gross. And just, but just the whole uh, sort of tone and like where everybody is in the movie is just also like kind of greasy and sleazy and yeah. slimy Otis, and stuff. Otis is a violent pervert. I mean, they go to buy a fucking TV from this guy, and that guy's like, "Why do you want?" And he's this greasy fucking asshole. Yeah. Yes. And nobody, there's like hardly I mean, uh, Becky. But otherwise, nobody is pleasant in this movie. Right. Nobody's pleasant to be around. Or yeah. Well, that that. Uh Parole officer guy seems Actually, nice he seems enough. Like he's got his daughter. He's got to go pick <laughs> and her that up. And a nice waitress. He may be not, gra- nice he not might not be great at his job, but he seems like a nice enough sort. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Uh, and I'm giving it. I'm gonna give it one, one mystery suitcase by the side of the road. I wonder what's in there. Yeah, who could say? I'm who surprised none of us went with ten out of ten bottles in the face. Oh, oh shit! God. Ten out of ten bottles in the face. Oh. They uh they succeeded at creating that illusion. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, it's really gross. Congratulations. It's really gross. Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of really gross. Yeah, and moving on from serial killers <laughs> that like that like exist in in the real world into uh sort of well this one this one's sort of in between the two. I mm-hmm. feel like this is a really interesting progression on these movies. Actually, mm-hmm. is that Henry feels like it's happening. At the, too, in, too, in the time. If anything, it's too grounded. It's like this is almost like a documentary. The, this in silence is like Silence of the Lambs. That's a goddamn exploitation movie. But it's also like it's like one foot in the real world mm-hmm. and also like I'm Hannibal Lecter. I'm a supervillain. And then Seven is like a cartoon. It's like serial. <laughs> it's like serial <laughs> you know? killer fantasy. Yeah. I think you also have to like tune out the what Hannibal Lecter character became in movies. When oh you no, no. This, but you I mean, even in this one, still, yeah, it's yeah. a little like it's he still is a little bit super. It's baroque. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this movie. Yeah, isn't, yeah, yeah. This movie certainly isn't taking place in the same universe no, as no, Henry. Is what I mean. Not at like all. it's like this is height. It's heightened. This one of my But it's also movies. fucking great. This movie is great. 1990s Silence of the Lambs. You spook easily, Starling. Not yet, sir. He's past the others. The last cell 
I'll be watching. You'll do fine. A killer is on the loose. Keeps them alive for three days. Then he shoots them, spins them, and dumps them. A rookie FBI agent is on his trail. He's got real physical strength, cautious, precise, and he's never impulsive. He'll never stop. But in order to track him down, she'll have to match wits. I'll help you catch him, Clary. Believe me, you don't want Hannibal Lecter inside your head. With the darkest of all minds. Just do your job and never forget what he is. But he's a monster. Yeah, Total we, masterpiece. We've we taken, taken us this long to get to, but yeah. I, mean, I adore this movie. I Every been, time I watch it, it gets better. We've been avoiding some of the big ones, and we're getting we're knocking two of them out in this episode. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> I think this is Demi's best movie, and I love Jonathan Demi so much. This is just one of the best. This is my... This is up there with the best movies that we've talked about on this podcast for oh, sure. Easily. One of the greatest movies of all time, and I and it's one of the movies that I like more every time I see it, and mm-hmm. I've seen it a lot. A lot. That, that's amazing. I think watching it this time, I liked it maybe the most that I've ever liked it. It's so good. I haven't watched this movie in maybe ten years or something. Uh, I don't know when. Wow. That, I, really? I, probably, I probably watch it once a year. Easily once a year for me. Yeah, I just don't. It's not one I go back to a lot, and uh, I, I. But I. But I mean, it's it's great. It's a masterpiece. God. I mean, what can you say? I mean, it's. Uh, I yeah, I don't know if it if it's his if it's Demi, it's my favorite Demi, well, but it, it's I mean, it's, it's Demi. up there for sure. And Demi, Demi is great, <laughs> you know. And his his filmography is so all over the place. Yeah, Th- this is certainly his uh, his. I don't know this this was so different for him though too because it was exploitation, but it's also like he never made like a horror movie, Mm-mm. you know. And and that's and this is like, but he but of course he's of course Demi's like I'm gonna make a horror movie and he's great at he's as good at, at that as he is at like whatever the and hell something he wild is. Never did anything like it again. Nope. No, I mean, one and done. <laughs> the thing that I think is, the thing that keeps me coming back to this movie over and over again is not that it's scary; it's that it's so incredibly sad. Oh my yeah, god, yeah. yes. Like oh, I yeah, find yeah. it to be like deeply empathetic to all of its characters and very very sad. Yeah, but it's still That's a Demi's horror. Movie. Oh, it is still a horror movie. Empathy for sure. Is Demi's whole deal. <laughs> it's not that it's not scary. It's yeah, yeah, that yeah. it's like more sad than scary. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's I mean, that's that's with any great horror movie, right? Or yeah. with any any great genre movie is that like you go you, you the first time you love it because of all the thrills and chills mm-hmm. and the second time you watch it cuz you're like well, there was something else there. Yeah. There's something else there that I enjoy watching that isn't just because I mean, I watched, uh, you know, uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade the other day. I've seen that movie a hundred times. Also more sad than scary. <laughs> right. But, you know, but I mean, I'm not watching that going like, what's going to happen to Indiana right, right. Jones is this, this thrilling scene. I'm, you know, I'm looking at all the, I'm looking at some other stuff there. But yeah, but yeah, this is a, this is a fucking masterpiece. It's a what fucking you, masterpiece. What can you say? It's right from the start. And uh, two of these movies, Howard Shore scores. Mm-hmm. The, uh, Howard, the Howard Shore score damn. in this is like a, is like a fucking masterclass. Yeah. This and is like his opera period too, where it's not, like not uh, to tell, talk too much about the next one, but it's almost like hey, you want me to do another movie like this, so I'm going to do something <laughs> completely different because yeah. it's like it's uh, his score in seven. He's just like almost re- reinventing the game. Yeah, and then this one is a, is a classic uh, film kind of score, one of the one of the best ever. Yeah, it starts with it in that shot where Starling, you know, the first shot is just the woods, these beautiful gloomy woods, and mm-hmm. then it pans down to Starling running up this hill on that, and then they're playing this music, and you're like. I haven't really seen anything, but I am uh, filled with dread. <laughs> and it has that Nothing very, good can happen when that music's playing. It has that very early key image of the signs on the obstacle course that say "hurt, agony, pain, love, <laughs> love it." it. <laughs> and that's like um, that's like a crucial, uh, like image to set up the the like what what the characters are experiencing in the movie. God, I mean, look, this movie is about how, uh, to me anyway, it's about how these three people 
are like competing for control of this other person. The fourth person being Catherine Martin, not Bill. Uh, Catherine Martin is a prisoner. Everybody in the movie is a prisoner. Bill is trapped in a body he doesn't want. Mm-hmm. Lecter's literally trapped in a cage. Catherine Martin is trapped in the pit, and Clarice is trapped in a system. And all four of the characters constantly throughout the movie look straight into the camera and tell you how they feel trapped and how they want to change. It happens over and over and over and over again. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like, and it's so simple. And that those that simple visual language, that simple idea covers the entire movie. It just like permeates the whole film. That's Demi's style is the looking directly at the camera thing. That was, yeah. a, that was and, his, that's his that's deal. How, that's that's his how he thing. makes movies. And in this movie, it, it's like, I mean, it, I, I, I like it, so it always works for me. Yeah. But in this movie, it's like you have Jodie Foster delivering one of the greater, one of the better performances you'll ever see with these long takes with just a tight close up of her face. And she's looking directly at you going to like t- talking about the most dramatic parts of her life. Yeah, and then you also have Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter with these fucking terrifying eyes, two two inches away from you, just staring directly <laughs> into your soul. Yeah, like all, all these like the the way that he uses it in this movie is so perfect and so profound. It really gets under your skin. There's a late movie scene where it's her and Cassie Lemons like figuring. That's out. That's oh, so I sensual and, and like and vaguely erotic. And oh man, that is a beautiful scene. <sighs> boy, oh boy. Yeah. It's such I a don't know if I got so the eroticism, but I got the intensity that like would that just from them looking at each other. I mean, I'm not trying to imply that there's like a no, no, no. I just I just had, going had, on there. I didn't it's just so sensual I mean, and like they're staring so deeply into each other's eyes and they're they're connecting in a very uh, interesting and unique way that I find it vaguely. I mean, erotic. they're staring and into they're staring into our eyes. Yeah. So, I mean, in that case, in in that regard, it's certainly sensual because hey, it's also like you're catching because of these these tight close ups on faces and they're looking right at you. You get the tight the nuances of these performances mm-hmm. and and when it's been standoffs between uh, Clarice, all, all these all the rest of the movie has been her and some fuck fucking creepy guy or just some guy. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. And and, she, and she's ill at ease and this is her friend. Yeah. And so yeah. and you see how how different how different it is to have Cassie Lemon's face yeah. all up in in right. her grill. And and how Clarice reacts to it in the back and forth. The great Cassie Lemons. You should go She's watch some great, of her movies. Great director. Eve's Bayou. Seen, I still haven't seen Caveman's Valentine. It's pretty good. But yeah. I, I do love Eve's Bayou. What about uh, Hard Target? She's the cop in Hard Target. Oh, yeah, she's the I, was like, I was gonna say she did not direct Hard Target, and you know that, man. It's, it's her birthday. <laughs> yeah, it's her birthday in <laughs> Hard she Target. Dies. She gets killed. Oh, okay, she's great. I've I seen her. Hard Target once. I don't know. She has a little cupcake with a uh, with a, and she's. I think before um, the, she lights the, it, but then she has to yes, put it in her. The main character walks in, and then she puts it in her drawer, and then she like after the thing, she pulls it open. And there's a bunch of smoke in her drawer. Yeah, uh, great, great movie. But we can't spend this whole time talking about Hard Target. No, no let's not. As much as I'd like to. Man. Silence of the Lambs might be an even better movie. My, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie I've seen it's more got, than once it's at got least. Scott Glenn in it, for God's sakes. Oh, God. One, one of my f- all-time favorites. From The Keep? From The, the Keep, Scott Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. Another favorite. From that, one, from that great sex. <laughs> is, is he in the sex scene? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Another favorite <laughs> thing in this is that, like, how, like, and I don't know, if mo- maybe movies have done this before, and this wasn't, like, radical or whatever, but just how, like, when it shows the FBI, everybody, it's sort of just, like, everybody's sort of a dork. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, it doesn't present it like these are, there's no, <coughs> the, the FBI guys aren't, like, nobody's cool dudes or, like, cool. It's not CSI. It's but not, it's not like, even. But it's not even Manhunter, where, like, yeah, yeah. where it's, like, you know, he's the he's the best of the, you know, it's sort of, like, you know. It's Boy Scouts. It's and even Jody, Boy Scouts. And even, yeah, and even Jodie Foster's, like, a dork. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody's, like, kind of a, like, a, like, just a nerd. And you're, like, that's what the FBI is, is because it's, like, these people who are fucking super smart that, like, it take, it's, never, it's hard never, to get into the FBI. Never did drugs. 
and it really started making and it really made me think of the the X Files, mm-hmm. particularly like the first season of the X Files, because like you know I'm not saying that David Duchovny and Julian Anderson aren't good looking, but they aren't in that first season of the X Files. Right. I don't know the last time you watched that, but they make them drab they're dressed down yeah. and boring and they're very boring and very dry and this whole this whole movie i'm like i'm like i don't know if he's cited that as an influence on the x-files but it definitely is because this whole movie like that whole show is just this movie every episode where they're investigating something of course there's like aliens or mm-hmm. fluke men or whatever but it's the same thing and it's just vampire like, trailer park <laughs> yeah vampire trailer park yeah. well, that's later when they are hot yeah that's true or when luke wilson is hot in one version of the great, story that and is then, a great episode that's one of the best <laughs> Where she, 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 she tell, busts she, in on him uh, singing the theme from Shaft, and then it cuts back to the interrogation room, and he just goes, I did not. <laughs> anyway. I, I have uh, heard that they do require a, a lie detector test to get into the FBI, and you can't have done drugs ever in your life. That's or at crazy. least when my friend was applying for it uh, co- uh, 15, 20 years ago, yeah. this was a requirement. And so that means that, you, they, that they're entirely made up of boring squares. Yeah. Yep. Which, well, anyway, boring like, prigs. It's, it's pres- the, the FBI is presented in that way in this movie, which I, fi- which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Uh, the way everything is presented. I mean, it's such an immaculately made movie, and like, every yeah. shot is precise. And obviously, it's classic. We're not going to be the first people to point it out, but the, it very early on, Clarice gets into an elevator. Mm-hmm. She's wearing sweats, sure. and then she gets into this elevator with a bunch of seven-foot men. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jodie Foster is five-foot-two, and yeah. then all these men are at least six feet tall, and they're all wearing red, like, mm-hmm. FBI shirts. So it's just right out right out of the gate we get. She feels isolated. S- she's completely alone. And it's men. Yeah. Jodie Foster had to fight to get this part, too. Because Demi wanted Michelle Pfeiffer because they'd just done Married to the Mob. That would have been but terrible, Michelle I have to fell, say. Michelle Pfeiffer fell through to the scheduling, and Jodie Foster, like, but Jodie Foster had been pleading with him, like, make me your second choice anyway, because she, Gene Hackman was originally supposed to direct this movie. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Somehow he had the rights to it, and Ted Talley turned in a screenplay to him, and then Gene Hackman read it and was like, this is too fucked up. Nasty. And then I'm like, did did he, Gene Hackman have the, like, did he, did he, like like Cheryl, he hadn't read. I assume he hadn't read the book because I have right. to imagine no, all that stuff's in the book. I have to imagine all that stuff and probably worse stuff is in the book. I haven't read it, but I imagine it's the book the is. Same. It's about okay. the same. Okay, the movies. It's one of the. It's, the like main, the. it's like the Godfather. It's considerably better than the book. No, the no, main, but I mean, I just mean like the, the book has I just mean like more disgusting is, stuff in the book. No, not really. Okay. The, the main thing the that the book has that this doesn't have is a very lengthy subplot about uh, about Crawford's invalid wife. She's That's right. Slowly dying. That they cover in the TV show. Yeah. And uh, oh, and right. they also uh, oh, they in, the, in the book, right. Clarice yeah. has a and it's not like a huge part or anything, but Clarice does in fact uh, have a romance with one of the bug dudes. Yeah. In the book, they they show up at the end of the movie. Yeah. They're creepy, or at least one of them is very creepy in the movie. But it, I think that might be the one that she ends up kind of like being being her boyfriend at the end of the, <laughs> the book. But at the end of the movie, he's not creepy in the book. At the end of the movie, they're there at like her graduation thing. Yeah, that's cool. You gotta love it. And I was kind of well, like, she's famous, so so yeah. you know. But also, but also like, but I mean, yeah, they she's fam- she's famous, but what? But like, she invited those guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, she didn't like. You know what? They I mean. helped. Like, they helped her crack the. So case, I mean, because that earlier scene, it's like, oh, uh, this guy's kind of creepy. But then later on, she's like, maybe she was like, ah, he was creepy. He was a little. He's a little weird. But- At the very least, out of all the men who uh, who interact with her and engage her on a on a you know romantic or sexual level, uh, he's the most respectful and polite. Yeah. <laughs> he also seems like the one of them that he could, of of them that she could go like, "Hey, don't do that." And he'd be like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Okay." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know I was being. I didn't know I was being weird. I'm sorry. He's I mean, just. He's just awkward. He's got those weird eyes too. Yeah. <laughs> but Jodie Foster staring with those uh, bug eyes. <laughs> sorry about the bug eyes thing. I'll be in my office. <laughs> Jodie Foster, a, a total force yeah. of nature throughout this whole movie. Uh, she also um, 
as her idea to begin it on that obstacle course because apparently in the script they wanted to start with like a fake like a fake a fake out thing like in Wrath of Khan. Yeah, yeah. Where you know <laughs> where it's like a training exercise. It's a training exercise and then she You mean like, like in uh, she, like, Mind kill, Hunters? Yeah, she like shoots a woman or something and you're like, Oh my god, this is fucked up and then it's everyone's like, All right, that's it. What did you do wrong, Starling? Yeah. And yeah. she was like, Uh, Mr. Dammy, I don't think that's a good idea, sir. <laughs> Uh, I think we should start on the... Dr. Demi. I think that... But, like, that's not really how she talks in real life. But, like, she... That that was her idea to start in the obstacle course because she just thought it was maybe a little... Struck a false note or something like that. And, like, I think that's correct. She's got good instincts. She's a good director. She's got good instincts. She's Jodie Foster. Yeah. She won an Academy Award for this movie, I'll have you know. So did everybody. This movie won, everybody fucking this movie won, this won all the Academy Awards, yeah. which, swept, is, yeah. which is amazing. It's wild. It is. came out in February, too, so it took like, you know, nine, the, ten months for it The movie that did deserve to win won? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? It happens fuck? every now and then. It does. Yeah, Back in the 90s was the last time, they, really. They really oh, liked it. No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men. Um, and I mean, yeah, the 90s, time. Unforgiven, so too. Unforgiven, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. They're like, all right, this time, all right, we'll do it this time. <laughs> but never again. What about Green Book? Green Book. <laughs> Green yeah. Book. Yeah. I did love that it. That movie taught me so much. Anyway, I mean, uh, Parasite, I guess. I love Parasite. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and also, people were shocked. And also, that was cool because it was like- It was yeah. controversial. Yeah, because people were like, what? What the fuck? Yeah. And we're like, okay, yeah, yeah, do that. <laughs> Keep doing that. Anyway, but uh, yeah, but it won all the Oscars. Uh-huh. All the, the, the big five, picture, director, actor, actress- it was amazing. Screenplay. Director, yeah. yeah. Or director. The only the only time like and a Demi uh, Demi made the longest uh, Oscar accepted speech in history. <laughs> did he really? I don't remember that. Yeah. I think it, they started doing the um, walk offs. The walk offs because of him. Oh. <laughs> yep. He's a, he I feels a lot. It. I loved I love him <laughs> so much. He's a guy who feels a lot. I, I mean, think he never made Demi. a bad narrative movie. I have come. To, I have watched a lot of Demi movies that I hadn't seen in the in the past year, and it is a. They're all um, interesting. They're all interesting. There's Even no if you're not really into them, they're like, wow, he's really up to something. There's here. lots of them where you're like, I wish you had done this instead of that. But all the great directors are like that, where you're like, why are you doing this? You should be doing that. And then they do it, and, you, and maybe the first time you see it, you go like, I still wish you hadn't done it. And then 10 years later, you watch it, and you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. This, this works. This fits. Yep. They know what they're doing. Jonathan Demi will make a total like failure that'll still be like fucking fascinating, like Beloved or something like that. I think Beloved is a masterpiece. Wow. I, I, have to try watching I adore again. that movie. <laughs> but I like all of them. I like all of his narrative films. I think Truth About Charlie is deeply underappreciated, and nobody likes that one. I have I have not seen that one. No. I watched Married to the Mob. Great. Uh, a whole. Uh, the uh, I watched this Roy Scheider one. That was in the seventies. Oh yeah, yeah. Can't remember what it's called. Before he developed it, like his specific style, but it's still kind of yeah. Demi esque in its way. Yeah, uh, Streep's in that. May, maybe I can't no wait. Remember. Maybe mixing it, it takes, up with has a climax else. at the end of Niagara Falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Streep's uh, uh, not in that. I'm getting it mixed stuff. up with a Robert Benton. It's movie about right a lady there. who's getting revenge uh, for her grandmother who was turned, uh, who was sent to a, uh, a brothel that's by right. some guy's grandfather. It's got some scenes with this one, Scheider. It's got yeah. like Roy Scheider. It's got some scenes with Roy Scheider and some like uh, real, real skimpy briefs. Mm. I remember that. <laughs> it's really weird. It's like, really uh, weird, but uh, but idiosyncratic in the same way Hitch- that all Demi movies are. It's very Hitchcocky that one. Yeah, that one's like really like uh, him. Yeah, is very much like a Hitchcock movie. And I think that was his first movie out of the Corman system. Yeah. Mm. Um, but man, what a guy. Well, maybe Citizens Band. I don't think was maybe Corman. Yes. But 
not a hundred percent. But Jonathan Demi, you can't go wrong with any of them. No, no, no. He's he's got. He's, they're all full of these beautiful details. They're full of li- little personal things. They always have great performances. Yeah. Amazing casting. We were talking about it. I think what was it Manchurian Candidate? Where what was it the Corman rule where everybody is somebody? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan Demi, Demi does that better than almost he, anyone. He took that to heart, and he mentions that in all of his things that everybody's somebody. You know, Chris Isaac is in this movie. Chris, yep. fucking Isaac, and married to the mob. But he's just he just and he's not. He's just a SWAT guy. Yep. Get me, Chris Isaac. And if you didn't know what who it was, Chris Isaac. You, but I'm watching it yesterday, going like, is that fucking Chris Isaac? Mm-hmm. He has a few lines, but he's not like. There's no close. I mean, it's not like he's just like here's Chris Isaac and here's Chris Isaac's scene. Yeah. You know, and what did he, what did he say in this interview with Demi? I was watching where he's like, he's like, and I got Charles Napier, and he's like, if you can get Charles Napier in your movie, your movie's gonna be improved <laughs> immensely. Yeah. So he's like, anytime I can get Charles Napier in a movie. Oh, Charles Napier. <laughs> and Charles Napier's great. Love Charles Napier. Ah, oh, Sergeant Pembry. <laughs> it's Jim Pembry, damn it! You wearing his face? I watched a Charles Napier. Well, that's the movie. other guy. Yeah. Pem- Charles Napier, unfortunately, he he only gets to be gutted and yeah. hung on the cage. <laughs> yeah. My God, holy shit! <laughs> when this that movie, music is so good. When this movie goes for it, it really goes for it, and it still freaks me out. There's that's, so many just, I mean, like beyond everything that I think it is, is meaningful about it, it's just like imp- like a perfectly structured and directed movie. Like Absolutely. so many iconic moments. That cut to like Catherine singing the Tom Petty song <sighs> always gets me. You know the also there's a Tom Petty song in this. It's, like. it's so Jonathan Demi because the, the music's involved yeah. and what what a fantastic way to immediately put you in the corner of a character. Yeah. Like, and it, like you don't wasting no time. She's singing along to American Girl. You're like I like her. Yeah. Don't well, want anything bad to happen to her. Well, you could. Oh re- no. I mean, I mean, I can relate anyway. Sure. <laughs> but like, oh, you know, like the the whole the whole for introduction to Lecter, like panning down the hallway and there he is just standing there waiting for. her. You know, uh, the shot right before that, where it's like that 360 degree mm-hmm. shot, that ending on Barney. It's just Amazing. so good, and like it's, a, it's a fucking immaculate. And, and like it, it, it transmutes the sort of Victorian dungeon exaggeration of that set yeah. to make it not feel campy, in my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> Somehow, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's all ridiculous when you think about it. Yes, it's all it's all heated in the exact right way. Yeah, and why don't they give multiple Migs one of those glass things? He's throwing yeah, he's at throwing people. at people. <laughs> he needs that glass more than Hannibal Lecter very, does. Very, very impolite. Uh, Fucking Migs. Um, Hannibal Lecter might eat your face, though. Migs, you piece of shit. <laughs> uh, I, you know, it's very discourteous that he did that. He, he despises discourtesy. Yeah. Oh, uh, while while we're on it, I did I did want to bring up one of my favorite lines that I that I'd, I hadn't really thought about <laughs> and, until watching it this time. Uh, <laughs> this is this is the great scene. So she she goes in and, and talks to to Lecter. This is basically the the beginning of the movie. Yeah, it's about the first half hour or so. And he's and he is just sort of toying with her. As, uh, Scott Glenn sends her in there without any agenda, and he's just feeling him out. Doesn't know. Knows what Hannibal Lecter's deal is. Clarice doesn't know as much, even though they're like, he's dangerous. Like, Chilton has been like, he'll eat your face. He's dangerous. Yeah. But she doesn't know the specifics of, like, how he is. And she just sort of, and Hannibal Lecter just sort of, ah, guy, you're just a rube. Ha ha. well scrubbed hustling rube, a little taste. With your, with your good, good bag, bag and your cheap shoes. And she's like, oh, man. I, that's fair. He really got me. <coughs> <laughs> that Lecter really. Really had my number, <laughs> and then she's and she's like, "Well, that didn't go well." And she's walking out, and and then Miggs goes, uh, is like off in a corner, jerking yeah. off, and he's like, "I cut my hand. Look at all the blood!" And he throws jizz in her face. Jesus yeah. H Christ! In her hair. And then and then and Hamlet just get Clarice, get back here. <laughs> 
it's like that. I didn't like that that happened to you. Oh, I have a theory about this, by the way, too. Uh, I didn't like that that happened to you, and so now I'm going to help you a little bit. And he, he, he does say, discourtesy is unspeakably ugly to me. But then, he after he gives her her first clues, his yeah. early an- Look inside clues, yourself, Miss Esther Moffat. All that sort of thing, which is helping her if she can figure it out. Yeah. Uh, he goes, uh, now go away, now. I don't think Miggs could manage again quite so soon, even if he, <laughs> he is crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, that guy might scene, be so man. crazy he can bust two nuts in a minute. I love it that reminds- speech that he gives to her, too, about, like, a well-scrubbed hustling room and, oh, how quickly the boys found you getting out, getting anywhere, the FBI. That's uh, so fucking out, good. Getting out, getting anywhere. Getting all the way to the FBI. That's like that line at the end of From Dusk Till Dawn. That was ex- exactly what I wanted to go with <laughs> the that. Psychos do not psychos explode. Do not explode. <laughs> I don't give a fuck how crazy Or also, I may be a bastard, but I'm not a fucking bastard. Well, I just say, I don't give a fuck how crazy they are. Yeah, yeah. The like idea that. of craziness being allowing you to do physically impossible <laughs> superpowers. things. Superpowers. Superpowers. It gives, it gives Hannibal Lecter superpowers. That's amazing. Oh, and I did want to. <coughs> I also did uh, like, like, just just submitting for conversation for discussion. But she she is able to solve the case because of her um, relationship with Lecter, because of the clues that he gives her, and working mm-hmm. together with her, she sa- saves um, Catherine Catherine Martin Catherine Martin's life. Senator's son or Senator's daughter. End of this, and none of this would have happened. If Hannibal Lecter hadn't felt sorry for Clarice because she got jizz thrown on her by Miggs. So, true. in a way, That's true. Miggs saves yeah. Catherine. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Miggs. R.I.P. Miggs. <laughs> Swallowed his own tongue. <laughs> it's. I think it's true. Uh, yeah. Uh, How do you swallow your own tongue? It's it was funny watching this because we just swallow your own tongue, Miggs. Do it. I bet you can't. I bet you can't do it, Miggs. <laughs> watching this after having watched uh, just recently watched Manhunter too is that like you know and I look I. I know I've and I've read things where people are saying Brian Cox is a better Hannibal Lecter or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I just it's it, it, I, maybe it's because I watch these really close together, but I'm like I, I always every time I read that I feel like it has it's contrary because I because he's he's just arguably not this first scene with Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter I'm like this is amazing mm-hmm. this is this is oh it's fucking and it's awesome. and I don't think it's only because in the popular. Because he's not doing, he's, no, not, he's not doing, doing what the, the character yet. became. Yeah, yeah. In this movie, like he's he is so this character, and I don't mean Brian Cox is bad in Manhunter. Right. No, I he's just, great. It's different, but it's just like for someone to for someone to be like, I've watched Silence of the Lambs and Manhunter, and you know which one I think is better is the Brian Cox. I'm like, no, it's not because I like them both a lot, and I like them both, but I think that 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 one that one like fades from my memory. Okay. You know, I go okay. And certainly this a one, lot more icon- less this or less iconic. I mean, yeah, and this is terrible. He's, he's not even trying. He's not. He's doing an entirely different thing. Yeah, all the and takes this is on terrifying. And yeah. I mean, I like I like Cox in in that. Sure, it's <laughs> just, uh, but uh, but you know, I don't know. There's something about the, this. This just this just like works on his, his. He just works on every level for me in this. Yeah. Like it's, it's just what, imme- and immediately yeah, immediately is like this is like immediately his first line. You're like, oh shit, this guy created an iconic fucking. Character closer, closer, please. You're not real FBI. When he winks, yeah. you're not real FBI. So, I mean, maybe it has to do with the set design too, and like the Manhunter set design is purposefully like. Uh, mm-hmm. I well, certainly bleak. prefer this set to that one. Yeah, even that might be more realistic. Yeah, I think neither. I would say neither. I don't think either of them are more realistic. But I think this one's just more like suits the tone to me. And Demi really brings you in. To like, yeah. I mean, with with the like the, their conversations where they're looking directly at you when they're talking. I mean, that like all these accoutrements uh, with with Lecter in this movie became so built into just uh, the like 
They're just so iconic mm-hmm. in every way. Like the whole the glass enclosure yeah. with the holes in it, the, uh, the all the fucking rigs that they put them up in. They're mm-hmm. so legendary. Yeah, Steve Buscemi yeah. and Con Air, you know. Yeah, absolutely. What is just well, the thing that they did now? What Eber compared him to, like when he's they wheel him around is like comparing him to King Kong <laughs> in King Kong, like how King Kong's in chains, you know. But they this is like this guy's like a fucking iconic scary movie monster that when they pull him out of the plane, he's not just like in chains. He's like, hello, Senator. They've got him on like a fucking uh, you know wheeled thing he's all tied up with the weird mask on his just face they're like really this smushing guy, his nose down you do not want this guy to even be have a finger loose <laughs> yep. and he's he is magical. so psycho yeah just, <clears throat> anthony hopkins is so fucking good and, and chewing the scenery so hard in this movie that he will be bound up and he can't speak and completely restrained and he was, he'll be chewing the scenery yeah. <laughs> just with his eyes well, that darting scene, around. That scene where they've the, got him all all bound up, and he's talking to uh, he's talking to uh, the senator. Yeah, who's who's from is uh, is that from uh, Close Encounters? Is that uh, no? Who is it's that? She's, a, she's been in Melinda Dillon. Yeah, from Close Encounters. It is not. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I can't, uh, it is I not. Might, it is not, not, not Melinda, Melinda Dillon. Dillon okay. But it's somebody. But anyway. Uh, Anyway, and she's and she's been in stuff since and, like the late and, 50s. And he's like totally freaking her out. He's like, you know, toughened your nipples, didn't it? Yeah. And then she's like, get this piece where, of shit. One of my, my favorite your daughter readings. dies. Which part get of this, you is going to this, feel her? Yeah, take this monster back to Baltimore is one of my and favorite she, lines. And he goes, Senator, love your suit. Love the suit. And that's a he's, clue. He's such a bitch. Yeah. That's a clue too. Yeah. yeah, he fucking rules. But he's also magical. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to be pointed out. This there's this great uh, like the, the way that they they and they but they don't overdo it. Right. With like the legend of this guy, but the scene where Chilt where Chilton is like has him up on this rig, he yeah, is yeah. completely restrained, and he just looks at this pen, and then later on he got the pen somehow. Well, it's two different. Out. It's two different rigs, though. Sure, but whatever. But, but like, I mean, th- oh. I think there was I think there was a point in between where he was out of the first rig and then put in a different one. But they don't. We don't see it. We don't. However, he got the pen. We don't know. But we're just like he's Lecter. He's well, super genius. He, he, he didn't take. He didn't so much take the pen as he just take the piece of the, the pen. little piece of the pen. Yeah. Absolutely. And at one point, uh, Clarice Starling like sits, I think it's the second visit that she makes, and she's gone through a rainstorm, mm-hmm. and she and the chair is there. In front, and he, she can't see him at all in the front part yeah, of the he's cell. Like, yeah. And he somehow pushes the drawer out with the with the dry towels <laughs> for her. Like I don't know, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I mean, this movie. I don't know if realistic is the word that I would use for this movie. It just is no. what it is, and it's perfect. Well, it's like yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's an emotional realism. It's an ecstatic truth. Emotionally, for sure. It's realistic in in a lot of ways. I mean, like you know, in all the fun, in all the uh, uh, all the forensic stuff. forensic stuff where they where they have the little. The, the whatever the shit they put under their nose for yeah, the, I they, love the that. dead body. Those, those little details. This is why Demi was so perfect for it. Oh yeah. man, that the the thing where where she's uh they're doing the autopsy, the like the the beginning of the forensic examination and that one old man just goes wrong for death. <sighs> and then she's like Fisher Stevens is there. Is that Fisher Stevens? No. It's, it's Tracy uh, Tracy Walter. Tracy, Tracy I Walters. always confuse Fisher Stevens and Tracy Walter. I'll never The legendary not. Tracy Walter yeah. who is in so much stuff. They're just the same to me. Yeah. Uh, he's in almost every Demi movie. He's in a ton of them, yeah. Yeah. Uh and he's playing the organ for this funeral and then yeah. he go and then he's involved in the uh, yeah. <laughs> in the autopsy as well. <laughs> Another fucking amazing scene where it's uh it's five foot two Jodie Foster stuck in a room with like six six Dude, eight men. That, and that scene where she's her. like going home, going now. We'll take care of her. Come on now. Oh, when she, oh, when all right, y'all. Tess tells all the cops to leave. It's so heartbreaking. Eber pointed out in his review, he's like, of all the stuff she does in this movie, that seems like the the most the bravest yeah. scene. Yeah, she's so because, fucking brave because it's just like because that's like of all the scary stuff. Even when she's like 
you know, fighting uh, Buffalo Bill at the end in yeah, the dark yeah. or whatever. Like just her telling all those guys to leave is almost more, is almost more cringy than anything else. In the where you're yeah. like, oh, because you know at the end she's not gonna and they're all Buffalo like, Bill's nah. not gonna get her. Right. But I mean, it's a t- it's a tense, it's a very intense scene. Sure. But that's a scene that works the first time, and then yeah. subsequent viewings, you're like, this is this is cool. But anyway, but that scene every, every time I see it, where she's like, go, you guys need to leave. You're like. Is this, the time, is this gonna be her. the time where one of these guys like tells like says fuck you to her? I don't you can't change. I mean movies don't change, but you always I always think like, oh, does one of these guys go like fuck you, bitch, yeah. or something? Because you feel that that they're just like yeah, after you know, fine, whatever. After Scott like, Glenn has been like, let's let's talk about the sexual nature of this away from the lady from the women folk. Yeah, matters, sir. It matters. They I like that. You, I like that. They, they, they look at you. They see how to act. Yeah, I love yeah. her relationship with Crawford Point because taken. because he's like not. He's not just a dick. He's like a dick like that, but then he like is like, oh yeah, you're right. You know, the relationship like, with Jack Crawford is also perfect. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Do you think he he pay, he envisions scenarios? Fucking you, s- fucking you, sodomizing you. And frankly, that sounds like something Migs would say. It's a good line. She <laughs> got him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> real, real chemistry between those two. I gotta tell you, he likes like when she says that to him. He's like, good one. And he's like, when he plays ball with her, he he appreciates that she's willing to engage with him like that. It's really sweet. The reason, and you know what's funny is that there's a real uh, whole Sam and Diane thing with the the Hannibal mm-hmm. and uh, and Clarice because like because like what Hannibal the movie the movie Hannibal fucking sucks. Yeah, it like has its moments. One. Sure, whatever. Every <laughs> Ridley Scott it, has a moment or I, whatever. I, I, I but do. Sure, whatever. I have enjoyed it, but is it's, it entirely different? It's entirely thing. different. I saw it once in the theater, and I, theater, I, and I don't I was, consider it a sequel was, to this. I was immediately like, I was immediately like, uh, it is a direct sequel. To I know, this but I don't but care. The point yeah. is that like that that movie's like this movie's like uh, like you really like their chemistry together, and you're kind of like, ooh. But then like what Hannibal presupposes is like, what if they did hook up or whatever? And it's like that happens at the end. Literally happens at the end. Well, it would suck. Yes. First of all, it would be dumb. And yeah. stupid, and uh, and if it's directed the way this movie is, it would be uh, well, I mean, a- almost almost unwatchable. I want to let you know absolutely. a little secret: that book is that book is also bad because Thomas oh, Harris sure. is generally not a great writer. I just mean Ridley Scott view. can be a very bad director. Sure, when but he, I mean when he decides. To. I think that if you look at the material that he had to work with, he does. He was like, well, I can't make Silence of the Lambs two out of this. I'm just gonna make some weird fucking murder opera. Oh that's yeah, yeah, like yeah, a joke. Sure. Anyway, I just it was just yeah. uh, it was it came up in, in a review I was reading of it about. I think Ebert wrote like a great movies review of Silence of the Lambs around the time Hannibal had come uh, out. And I was like, oh, and then it reminded me of just from the very beginning, there's even this like shootout at the beginning of Hannibal that oh, just yeah. fucking sucks. It's, it's stupid. Like, it's goddamn garbage. And I was like, oh, Ridley Scott can really suck when he wants to. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, I mean, wow. I think Hannibal's probably worse than Gladiator, but Gladiator frustrates me more. I would rather watch Hannibal again. Was shorter. <laughs> And it has Fair a part enough. where Bray Rayliota eats his own brains. It's very, it's very <laughs> silly, but it's just like it's turning. Mean, you're not even talking about Gary, the whole Gary Oldman deal. Oh God, my face is Which is a story. I remember when, when seeing him for the first time and going like, oh, okay. Which is a story. <laughs> yeah. this, All right, I then. enjoyed that the way they did that story in the Hannibal TV series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, but but, uh, but so it's not Michael like necessarily Pitt. the stories itself. It's just right. that like. What the the level whatever it's pitched at, but also but like the the will they won't they of this movie, yeah, yeah. Like obviously they're not going to, but that sure. is part of the their relationship that like they it, even that they even so have a, as something of a kiss scene at the yeah. very end where he touches he just touches her hand with his finger when he's exchanging the last information with her, yeah. Because <laughs> it's creepy, but also like oh, but they do have, but they also do like, have a huh? weird connection. And at the yeah. end when she when he gets away when and and then uh, Cassie Lemons is like, are you worried? And he's like, she's like, no, nah, he wouldn't touch. He would consider it rude. Yeah. yeah. 
But that's what I mean. But if, but you know, then if they did, if they did, if you you know, the whole thing is like, well, would they hook up? What would that be like? And then it's like, well, it would suck. Yeah. So you want them to not, and right. of course you Stupid. want you, or you just want them on the phone. He's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hurt you, yeah. Clarice. You're, the world is better with you in it. Yeah. You know, it's God very, damn. it's almost sweet. Oh, it's absolutely sweet. But it's like, that's but I mean, but it's also like, you know, creepy. it's the same thing as like we were talking about Henry, where it's like, that's almost nice that he saves that lady. Although, yeah. what I mean, what does he really have feelings? I mean, does Hannibal right. Lecter actually, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Hannibal Lecter is less of an animal than Henry, but also he's like going to go kill and eat that guy. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, and like, uh, he's not, not a fucking serial killer. And he's like, he Clarice, uh, the, the world is better with you in it is a nice thing for him to say. Push came to shove, he would kill and eat Clary Starling. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's not not a fucking psychopathic murderer. But uh, push comes to shove at the end of the book, Hannibal, he does dig up her dad's bones, <laughs> lay him on yep. a bed, and then they end up getting married and moving to Argentina together. Yeah, and that's real. <laughs> that sucks so hard. <laughs> yeah, at least that doesn't happen in the movie. <laughs> Fair enough. That's all right, take back happens. all the mean things I said about Ridley. Yeah, right. <laughs> I wonder if it's in the David Mamet's version because the script because he wrote the first couple drafts of that. Oof. Of Hannibal? Yeah, uh huh. Oh, interesting. Mm. Hannibal's just calling people cocksuckers and stuff. <laughs> You're insist, a cocksucker. Insist on the move, Clarice. <laughs> My motherfucker's so cool. Man got to do his job, Clarice. Eating dudes. If man, if man don't do its job, then who's gonna man, eat? Who's gonna eat this guy? It does have that part where he gives kid brains at the end. That's yeah, pretty airplane. funny. Uh, In anyway, Tupperware. Back to Silence of the Lambs, though. Sorry. Oh. You were, somebody pointed out this, the sweetness of uh, some part of this movie, and then the sweetness is an, another the thing that, that this movie derives its power from, because there's all kinds of like little it's moments. It's just full of empathy. Demi. Well, yeah. Demi uh, just brings that. One of the me. things that, al- that I always found very touching is at the end, uh, after um, Catherine is freed by an amazing, amazing act of hair. Like, mm-hmm. Clarice Starling <laughs> gets to be in the FBI because of her accomplishments. She should get the fucking Medal of Honor or something yeah. like that. Seriously. I mean, my God. She didn't just catch this this monster. She saved the fucking girl's life. <laughs> she might go single-handedly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, so she's she has trapped the dog famously into that well with her as part of she said a lot of pain, Mister. And then uh, all the the stuff that we know happens. And then at the end, she's still holding. <laughs> yeah. If the you dog. haven't seen this movie, I don't know. We're not yeah. Probably exactly. not, we're probably not going to describe the plot in detail. But at the end, when all the all the the uh, people have arrived and they're and they're taking. They're taking uh, Starling out of there and everything. She's still just holding the dog, yeah, and cradling the dog like that's her dog now. I think that dog, by the way, in the Burbs, mm. Pee Wee's Big Adventure, the same? yes, this movie. And uh, someone pointed out Darling. Darling. Planet of the Apes. No, oh. someone pointed <laughs> someone pointed out this. And then she's she's in like Kane. four movies in the eighties. There, mm-hmm. you know, early nineties, and then like a few years later, I think died because Dar- she was an old dog or whatever. Sure. But just like four, I can't remember what the fourth one is now. But I'll have to look it up. There's it's a f- Darla as Precious. Might be Batman Returns. Is it Darla? Okay. Oh yeah, it's Batman Returns. Yeah. yeah. Batman Returns was the other one. So she's just that same dog is in all four of those movies, and then was like, "Bye, check out." And you're like, "Man, what a what a, what career. a career for the this John, dog." The John Cazale of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> married to Streep too briefly. Married, ooh, the yeah. dog was married to Streep. It was very sad. We don't talk about that. And then also died. <laughs> and then Meryl Streep was like, "Again? What the fuck?" I thought marrying a is dog it, is it me? I guess it makes more sense. A dog, you know, dogs died. I should have known this dog was gonna die. I mean, it was pretty old. <laughs> Twelve to fifteen years. <laughs> I didn't, I mean, okay. Well. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that yeah. 
But there's great yeah, dog, great dog performance. But there's that, and, and it's just like uh, it's it's Demi, Demi, so he, like he fills every like second of it with like these like so, stuff that fits in and works. All the set dressing is fucking perfect. I, always, I always, like I, I like having seen this movie for like the hundredth time this time. I, I'm I'm appreciating just these little intricacies and like looking in the corners. I really love how Frederica Bimmel's uh, house, the whole the whole mm-hmm. way that they appointed, and especially her room. Mm-hmm. That scene is very moving. So sad. it's just Starling yeah. walking around in this room, relating to all of this, knowing this person's life, mm-hmm. and the way that it's set, like this sort of poverty and that an, she and was another, living and under. And another person who was like wanted to get out of. The world that they were in. Yes. Oh God, it's heartbreaking. She finds the, the little music box, and she knows where to find that, like the secret photos. And then those photos themselves, you get to know this character without mm-hmm. them having to do with just just by show, showing her like room and yeah. the items in her room. A scene lifted uh, pretty poorly, but still lifted uh, from for eight millimeter. Remember they yep. did the exact yeah. same bit in eight God. millimeter when he goes to the girl's room, and it's really sad in both movies. But obviously, that's no Silence of the Lambs. No. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah. just speaking of, <laughs> not like, even, not, not even, even close, not even close. Set, dra- set dressing and art direction, then obviously Buffalo Bill's basement is mm-hmm. one of the most yeah. specific the and, and incredible sets of all time. Well, his house, too, though, later yeah. when you see his house and it's just like this hoarder, this sort of, like, yeah. hoarder nightmare. That, that gnarly uh, de- the old lady's corpse in the Oof. bathtub with all the quicklime. So fucked up. Well, that's what's so great about this. God m- damn. Is that he, he nails the thing that, Brad Bird talks about this on The Incredibles, but that, like, Demi nails the thing, like, the mundane and the fantastic fantastic mm-hmm. or whatever and that's like this movie is very like straightforward and it's like here's this we're investigating this and then like oh my god that guy's stomach is hanging out and then like okay now it's ordinary again and like oh my god there's a fucking melting corpse in this tub yeah. yuck ah, like he really the horror isn't co- or there's a head in a jar yeah like Ooh, the horror is really not, zoom in on that head the horror too. is not constant but when it is it does put a button on it and it mm-hmm. goes like check out the horror we're making a don't forget this is a horror movie yeah, it's yeah. not just a psychological thriller there's horror in this there's like horrific stuff. I always, uh, for some reason in my mind, it's like Texas Chainsaw. You think there's more blood. I always, yeah. for some reason, thought there was a scene where he's wearing the lady suit, but you only no. just see it in the corner. Yeah, yeah. it's on the uh, mannequin. But for you know, it's yeah. like that thing in your brain where you like you've I've in, you've invented mo- that the movie's like more more fucked up more fucked up than you thought it was yeah. or whatever. Which is a pow- which is the power of a movie like this where you go like, man, how could this movie's more? I think this movie's more fucked up than it actually is. I was allowed to watch this movie when it came out. I was <laughs> my over, mom took it was me 90, to see it in the theater. This is ninety. Actually, this is around the time because my parents started to let me watch R-rated movies when yeah. I was twelve. So it was around this time. But I, st- I held out for like a couple years because people kept telling me about this movie. And you know, like fr- like kids, when you're a kid, your friends tell you about movies, and most of the time is bullshit. It's wildly exaggerated. It's the wild exaggerations and stuff like that. And so my friend was telling me like, this guy throws his fucking jizz at this lady's face, and she's like. Ah! And then this guy's wearing someone's face, and I'm like, okay, that sounds too scary for me right now. But also, like, no. And then this guy tucks his dick between his legs and is dancing around. I'm like, no, you do not see that. And you're like, all, and you're you like, absolutely thinking like, do not. Yeah, see right. That. All in the same movie. <laughs> Fuck you. And then you watch it. You're like, oh my god. Yeah. That shot where Lecter sits up in the hot in the ambulance and actually pulls the guy's face off. That's fucking funny. Speaking of the little details, like that, whatever, whoever mixed the blood that they Mm -hmm. put on that mask, it is so gris, like it's so, the thickness and the the little bits of gore in it. Oh my God. And then they just stuck that thing on Sir Anthony Hopkins' fucking face. Mm -hmm. I like that we don't see it. Here we go, Sir Anthony. I don't think he was a sir at that point, but still. I like that we don't see it, but I do, I do think it would be funny to see the like, uh, because we cut away, 
But I'd like to see the scene of him, just like all the pr- him preparing all that stuff. So him putting that guy up on the cage, yeah. and then going, okay, cutting this guy's face that must off. Must have taken hours. Okay, now I'm gonna. All right, so now I got to change clothes and just. I like, mean, that no, is. Okay, that now is I got to put this guy on the elevator. Now I'm gonna Oof. pretend to be this guy. Now shoot, shoot the gun off, and then lay down and just like. That's an elaboration that makes its way into the Hannibal series too, because like one of the fun things about that show is like they encounter these serial killers, and it's like. How the fuck did this guy yeah. build this gigantic statue pyre of bodies? That one especially. That you one. know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like, fuck. Or like the whole thing where like the guy's M.O. is like breed bees inside the corpses. Yeah. It's like, this took, there's a, I think there's a thing in uh, in Manhunter when he's talking to Lecter and Lecter is like telling him like, you know, if we've been seen, you ever seen blood in the moonlight? But he's like, it, it requires a lot of patience, Will. Yeah. And it's like, boy, you know, no shit it does. Yeah. I just want to see like 90 people yeah, and arranges right. them and then, and then like yeah. glue. Glues them all together <laughs> yeah. at the bottom of a fucking silo. Or the guy who makes them oh, wear right. the wear the skin wings. This is this is a lot of work. Yeah, it's heavy I mean that, work. that that's the whole point of that show. Is oh like, yeah, is that, that those that was the fun thing. Is that like these Absolutely. crazy things? And then, you know, you if you think about it too much, you're it's if you think about it, you're like, because especially especially the one with the bodies on the beach. Because yeah. then it cause then the so killer many. is Lance Hendrickson, who's an old man. Old man. <laughs> and you're like, this guy did that? <laughs> I don't know. Being a serial killer gives you superpowers. I don't know. I mean, Anthony Hopkins was like 50 when this was made, something yeah. like that. It doesn't seem un- none, of, none of it seems unrealistic that he could do this. I just think it's funny because it's like when it comes in, it's the showered shore music and the horror of the aftermath. Oh yeah. But I think yeah. it's funny yeah. when oh you think about God. all the parts that he had to do. Like, uh, okay, like he had to think, okay, now I have to do this. Wait, which one? Did I miss anything? No, okay. And they don't okay, let him have, they don't let him have, like, pens, so he couldn't, like, write it down. Exactly. <laughs> no. He went to his mind palace. He didn't have, like, a, a you know, to-do list anyway. And he kind of had to improvise it, too, because, you know. It's he, jazz, Clarice. <laughs> I Ching, Darwin. I Ching, Darwin, Clarice. Shit happens, roll with it. <laughs> it's improv, rule of threes. Uh, but then Chris but that, Isaac that and dude, the SWAT team show up. When that dude walks in and sees the 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 gut, the, yeah. the kind of like yeah. guts angel, that's one of my favorite line readings ever. Like that guy really. Oh my god. He's, he only has like three or four lines in it, but boy does he make a meal of that role with his fucked up weird mustache yeah, and yeah. shit. I like how. Like, oh my god. I just like Good how, lord. How, Gigantism. It's Jim Pimpery talk to him, damn it. It's just that like this movie, like, does all the stuff that the ripoffs afterwards. It it does them it does that the same stuff but in in a human way when those guys when those cops walk in they're you you feel for them because these are guys that they know that are gutted and you know chopped up on the floor because he even goes it's fucking it's him like yeah. like what do I do and he's like it's just talk to him just talk to him you know this guy and it's yeah. like so sad it's like a sad scene whereas in 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 other movies you know they're trying to you're trying to get through the plot points so it's like yeah. uh, so it's like and then then the cops walk in and then their their friends are dead or whatever you know it's like oh no the cops are dead but that's a plot point as opposed to like you kind of get this like tiny moments of like like when they see him you you're registering the same horror they are yeah. Yeah. and it's not like just that it's like a ridiculous horror scene it's also like oh man that's fucked up yeah that's <laughs> fucked up this is their friend and also you're like excited cuz on the other hand you're watching a horror movie and you want you're excited for Hannibal Lecter to get away. Yeah. You're excited for him to peel that face off and get those, and you know, then them go. He killed the two ambulance people, and you're like, that's too bad, but also awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like any monster movie. You know, you want Freddy to get to get caught, killed, or whatever. Sure, but also, I want to see him kill all these kids in fun ways. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. That's why we're watching a horror movie. Yeah. You know, it's not like. Uh, if if Hannah Blechter's like, nope, I'm not going to kill these guys and doesn't escape, you're like, well, that's, yeah. I don't want to see that. <laughs> right, I don't want to see that. Why, why are we watching this movie for? You <laughs> know? Hannibal Lecter should call everyone bitch, too. <laughs> <laughs> Freddy. 
turn you into a cockroach. <laughs> I mean, he's he's the same as a, I mean, he's not ex- exactly a slasher, but he's like you know he is a classic movie monster, yeah. Hannibal Lecter. Certainly, you know, more of a person, but. Still. I like that. I always I was thinking about this watching it this time. And so is Buffalo like Bill. Buffalo Bill is way more of a person. Buffalo Bill's more of a person than Hannibal Lecter, even because I think mm-hmm. Hannibal Lecter seems more like a supervillain, and Han- and Buffalo Bill seems like a, I mean, a psycho, a but person like, writhing in, in Hannibal Lecter, but a regular guy. Hannibal Lecter yeah. is wildly secure with who he is. Right. Yeah. He is more secure with his his with his whole deal well, than anybody. Do we, we want to talk about how this movie portrays Buffalo Bill and and what, it, oh, it what has that to, means? It has to be mentioned. You know, because a lot of people feel that this movie features some pretty pretty gnarly transphobia. This, there was a protest at the uh, on Oscar yep, night. Ten people were arrested. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's not a new thing. No, not at all. Uh, I personally don't find it to be transphobic. I know that intent doesn't always necessarily matter. Yes. But you also have to acknowledge that no matter what I think about it, a lot of people feel harmed by it. Absolutely. And uh, that needs to be acknowledged. And, th- and Demi himself has said... Maybe I didn't do as good of a job with this as I wanted to. But I do think that the movie goes out of its way to to humanize Bill and to make sure that you know that what's scary about Bill is not how he identifies, but how he's been traumatized. Yes. Yeah. And they, he's, trans people are very passive. And the movie goes he's to great lengths tra- to say that he's not transsexual. And even yeah. Hannibal Lecter himself, who yeah. is a psycho but also smart about this stuff, is like he, he It's Benjamin Raspale who's the he transsexual. He thinks he is. And, and you also get details about that. He's just been trying to fit into what he just... He's, he's, mm-hmm. uh, uh, he's not at ease in his own body, and he's been trying to explain to himself why for his whole life. Mm-hmm. And that's just the most recent thing that he's fallen right. upon. Because you go into his into his place, and there's Nazis, so he's trying to be a Nazi. Yeah. He's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. What, why am I this way? What? I, oh, maybe it's this. Maybe yeah. it's that. Some explanation, some transformation. But you to also get out have to I acknowledge am. that you know it's the '90s. It's a different time. People were not as sensitive as they probably should have been, and it's it's you know difficult stuff. And it doesn't matter. matter. Because it is showing a, a person with all with these trans uh, signifiers yeah. that is a fucking that monster, is a monster that, that yeah. you are supposed to be grossed out by and scared by. Yeah, right. And I read an article that came out like last year. I think it was in Slate. I can't remember exactly. That was uh, written by a trans person. Uh, was it the that, one from Emily, that Emily Vanderwerf wrote? I think it was. She's yes. amazing. She's a really great writer. And uh, and it was and it was going through the whole thing. Like, sure, it's a good movie and this and that, but this movie did actual damage. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of intent. Well, I want to read something by a favorite writer of mine. It's a little bit long, but I think it's worth I think it's worth bringing up because is I it, think he explains it really well. Is it Ernest Hemingway? No, oh. he he wrote about seven. Oh, well, <laughs> we'll get to it. But for the first thing he says uh, early in this article, his name is Keith Hewlett, by the way, a really good writer and a really nice guy. Uh, uh, and he says that uh, one gets the sense that Demi wants his character's repressions to come to the fore, though it never plays as a condescending critique. It's the director's hope that by exposing their inner demons, the characters will move past both societal and self-imposed limitations. I think that's really interesting. But then he goes on to say, uh, Sounds of the Lambs caused uppers on several fronts, sweeping the Academy Awards while being decried for its supposed gay stereotyping. Yet this is Demi's gay-friendliest film, evidenced in particular by the transsexual gum. Uh, you don't know what pain is, he screams to the captive Catherine, vividly suggesting myriad external and internal struggles and encapsulating this societal outcast's personal tortures. The character also figures in the film's most daring sequence, a haunting full frontal musical interlude where Demi captures the movie's monster in a moment of reverie and dares his audience to see the beauty within the beast. I think that's really important. It's like the character's constantly looking into the camera and telling you how they feel. You're supposed to... I don't think that you're meant to be revolted by that scene of Bill. I think you're supposed to see him seeing himself as beautiful, and that's supposed to be beautiful. Yeah. 
But, but then, at, the same, of course, but at the same but time, he's like kidnapped and murdered yes, a bunch of people. Absolutely. So yeah. millions and millions of people still watch this and we're like, this is fucking gross. Yes. And this and, and that's, I am scared. that has to be acknowledged. Yep, yeah, for sure. One hundred percent. I mean it's I'm not I'm not trying to say that it's not there. I'm just trying to say that I think, you know, this is where I think the movie is coming from. And it's really unfortunate that it still caused that kind of harm. It handle. I would say it. Pro- it might handle this this sort of subject matter more tactfully than Dress to Kill. Oh, for sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, it was extremely rare rare to to, to hear discussion of it when Dress to Kill was made. Still extremely rare when this was when mm-hmm. this came out in 1990. Uh, I I don't fault anybody for feeling one no, way or the other. Not about at all, it, frankly. Because I can see it from either from either side. Yeah, the movie clearly tries to avoid that sort of, and a lot of directors that aren't Demi would not would, would not have done a bother. very good job. Yeah, but at the same time, it, it, this maybe it was one of the most iconic movies <clears throat> ever made. A lot of people saw it, and yeah, uh, you know, certainly it, certainly I would I, not. I think have it might have actually done damage. I I think you have to argue that it yeah. that it did, no so. matter what we feel about it. So yeah, but it's it's you know what do you it's art. Yeah, I don't think. I hesitate to say, but I don't think it makes the movie any less beautiful and brilliant. I, no, but no, I do think it's unfortunate. I, I've enjoyed all the uh, the anti stances from trans writers that I've that I've read. Yeah, about and there are some it, really but good I still ones. do enjoy the movie. What can you do? You know, yeah, it's a fascinating movie. It's one of the most popular movies ever made. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with good with good reason. With good reason. With good reason. I mean, you watch it still. It still it still has all the power it had in 1990. Every, I might like it more. You know. In every way, I mean, it still works as a as a horror movie, as a thriller, as a, uh, you know, just a portrait of these characters mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, I was absolutely lost in this shot where Jodie Foster is talking about in this tight close up, kind of in a warner where Jodie Foster is talking about her her like essential oh, yeah, trauma yeah, yeah, with, yeah. The far, and with the far the lambs. The 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 you want to you want to <laughs> appreciate acting? <laughs> oh my God! The camera is yeah. like three inches away from her fucking face. That scene, uh, and re- she is going through all this shit and telling this whole st- uh, amazing. That scene reminds me of this scene again. That's just like thinking you see things that you don't. It reminds me of the scene in Persona. In mm-hmm. Bergman's Persona, there's this scene where, where they're just fucking each other. Fucking. Oh. No, but there's a scene where she describes Hot. where she describes, uh, not Liv Ullman. I can't remember the other actor's name but she's describing the like being on this beach and these guys like coming over and like essentially like fucking these strange dudes who like came up to her on the beach or whatever and she describes it it's the same thing that she describes it in such detail that i'm like i've always and for, it's the same thing with this one like the first time i saw it i thought like and then it flashes back to show her as a little girl looking in the lambs going no and the screaming and stuff yeah it doesn't happen no. and in persona too the way it's described it's it's this close-up Long close up, and it's just she's just describing this thing, and I'm like, yeah. And then it cuts to that how you're fucking on the beach, and then you watch the movie, and go, no, it doesn't. It just it's just her telling it. It's just this is so intense that you're like, you think that you saw that. I'm gonna get Danny DeVito to record that monologue from Persona, from Persona? And in Swedish it, and, and sell it, no in English. <laughs> She's gonna do it translated in English because it's got to be English. But then Can I'm, gonna, he... I'm gonna sell it as an NFT. <laughs> <laughs> be, I'm gonna be rich. Fuck you guys. I'm out. <laughs> Podcast over. Sell wow. it to Bieber. Bieber yeah. will give you a million bucks for that shit. But that scene where she describes the lambs, it's so intense. It's the same thing where it's like, I thought I thought it Because it does flash she back is, to her memories Briefly, very briefly. But yeah. it doesn't on that scene. Yeah. I can't is, say it, enough about telling. how good Jodie Foster. One of the best performances oh, yeah. of bravery you'll ever see. One of the bravest characters you'll ever see in a movie because she shows the fear. And how about, uh, how about 
a thing that has become very common in movies and television, especially in thrillers, but that fake out at the end is fucking beautiful. Oh, the, t- the doorbell? It's, yeah. The I, fucking door. I've seen that in so many movies since then. It's so beautiful. I like it's it. It's so satisfying and yeah. so clever. It's, it and works. terrifying. And it's like, it's, well it still one. works, even though I've seen this a hundred times. Like, occasionally it'll give me that, like, oh, fuck. It's <laughs> like, it's so tightly done. It's just, all right, I'm coming. Yeah. You see all oh, these cops that could have been coming to this house if they had done it correctly, and it's just fucking five foot two Clarice. Yep. No, she doesn't. And like the the P, the POV after the lights go out of like him in the night vision goggles, and she's wandering around in the dark and everything. That, that last is sequence so is so intense. Scary. Yeah, it's really good. Jesus Christ, what a picture! And Ted Levine dies in the same way that he dies in Heat, yeah. with his hands up here going. <laughs> So Ted Levine's got a got a way got a way that he likes to die. And his character in Heat is a bit more. Uh, <laughs> he's less scary. He's less scary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he seems in like heat? an he seems like an okay guy. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know what he's doing. We don't know. Yeah, in the off hours. And I went to his uh, house after he'd been killed, and uh, you know what I found, Justine? I found a bunch of body parts <laughs> in his fucking closet. Is that what you want? He I built, went in there. He I'm, was popping balloons with his I'm thighs. Sorry that wearing the a chicken suit got all eaten or whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry the souffle fell. <laughs> this is his new wife. His next wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, do we have oh, more? I did. I did uh, just like line wise. I did want to. This episode's point. running long. It's just a thing that I. No, I don't think. I think it'll be fine. Uh, but just one part that I that I noticed. Uh, you, what what's the part where um Clarice it makes tells a shitty like pun joke and and then and that's the moment that uh, Lecter uses to go in. He's like, no, 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 Clarice. Oh fuck! Because she kind of like, goes like, speaking mm. of um this, sir. Yeah. <laughs> she does like a like a real shitty joke and and Lecter like take. Lecter starts becoming a, a comedy critic. Yeah. He's, <laughs> He's like, like, no, 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 Clarice. It's yes and in rule of threes, and you did four. Unbelievable. You come in with his second-rate joke. You you'd established you'd established a trust right, right, right. and sharing, and then uh, and you with the embarrassing truth about Migs, and then this bullshit joke. This is this hack work. Yeah. What are you, Carlos Mencia, and like all this. But then so later, because Carlos Mencia wasn't famous in 1990, but that's how good Lecter was. He saw the future. But he's a comedy. hypocrite, though. Yeah. Because later on, she goes, "Doctor Lecter, if you work with uh, the FBI on this, uh, you can go to this island. Go out, and there's there's turns there." And he goes, "Turns." If I help you, Clarice, it'll be turns with us, too. And you're like, it's the same fucking shit that she did, Hannibal. You don't have no right to criticize. Oh, he does hack work. I mean... He's a, just as much a hack as... I know a hack when I see one, because I have on. one, Clarice. Don't bullshit a bullshit him. Like his final line... You got a hat like that, Clarice, it should come with a bowl of soup. <laughs> oh, it looks good on you, though. His final line is hack. Yeah. I'm having I'm, an old I'm having an old friend for dinner. for dinner. Come on, that's... I mean, it's... Somebody look. tell the chef this meat still got marks where the jockey was whipping it, Clarice. <laughs> This meatloaf's got more bread than a prison meatloaf, Clarice. <laughs> At the end, when he hangs, he's about to hang. He hangs up the phone and and goes to chase Doctor Chilton. We're all going to get laid. <laughs> he's just Dangerfield now from Caddyshack. <laughs> We're all going to get laid. And then, and then the Kenny Loggins comes on, which no, is I always would, my favorite part of the end. I of wish Silence I ended with Lambs. any way you want it. Yeah, uh, my journey. There you go. That'd be better. That last shot is fucking Let's awesome. Party. One of my favorite things a movie can do is where it's just like a, you keep seeing you keep seeing a shot going as the, yeah, yeah. the, the yeah. entire credits roll. Fucking awesome. He's walking off. He's gonna go kill that that smug fucking Chilton. What a sack of shit. Uh, ratings: five Juds. Yes, that's a masterpiece. I mean, come on. I think it's pretty flawless. Uh, uh, and I'm gonna give it two Douglases. Wow. 
you know, not because of anything that's necessarily on camera, but just because of the general like the dance. Yeah, I but mean, you know, I wouldn't call that sleazy. Uh, no, but it is. I mean, it's not always. I mean, mostly just the way that the men interact with her and nudity. stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it two Douglases, and then I'm gonna give it uh, ten out of ten uh, moths in my in my gullet. Yeah. Ugh. God. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> I love that camera that you that's yeah, built yeah. for taking pictures of people's mouths. Apparently, uh, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, uh, five. It's one of those ones where you're like, can, can we go higher? Is it pot? No. Yeah. We're going to cut it off five. It's one of the best movies ever made. And I, I think it gets better every time I see it. Uh, Keeps getting funnier. Absolutely love it. Every <laughs> single time I see it. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, the movie is funny at times. I don't know. Um, that turns joke that Lecter has? Great. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give it... I'll, I'll stick with two Douglases as well. As well most, mostly for the dance scene huh. and just sort of general ickiness. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 bottles of stuff you put on your nostrils so you don't smell dead bodies. <laughs> Always a fascinating detail that the movie seems way more interested in it than you'd think. Uh, I'm going to give it five, obviously. Come on. Yeah. Science. I don't think there was any doubt. I mean, this whole, it's like the every every movie we've talked about uh, on the show that it was made after this movie. Yeah. Except for the movies that were made after the next movie we're going to talk about, yeah. are directly influenced by I mean, this movie. Were only made. The movie we're going to talk about next was only made because this movie won a bunch of Oscars. Mm-hmm. Like you know, so five. And it was this a huge is, financial success too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm like, just, but know. it was. I mean, just, it's just as successful. As but I mean, movie it's just be. Yeah, yeah, on every level, which is yes. like, which is what you want. Like, wow, Critically, this is a creative, financially, creative and, level. Then, and then people still watch it. I mean, all that shit because it's great. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go three. I don't know. I almost want to go three and a half. I'm surprised you guys are uh, low, lower on the Douglas's this movie. This movie's fucked up. I mean, maybe it's because you've seen it so many times. Because it's like fu- this movie's fucked up. Because I was watching this, going like, I bet this didn't ever get stamped with an NC-17. But there's like a lot of fucking fucked up shit. She gets cum thrown on her and shit. Oh, the cum. I mean, this maybe is, just because it's, it's all not just as pu- it's not just purely. It's yeah. just it's almost rep- all the uh, whatever you know sex stuff is represented yeah. as violence in it. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's a you know, it's but it's pretty gross when it when it wants to be. Yeah, it's like uh, you know that the, I, I the skin you get the skin suit in a shot, but seeing it's, uh, semen in any form in a movie at the time. Yeah. I mean, that's fucking wild today. Yeah, they w- we would have to wait another seven years to see it in that Ewan McGregor movie where Nick Nolte <laughs> is pouring jizz on that dead lady's butt. <laughs> Nightwatch. Ugh. But then shortly oh, after God. that, we, but then, then the next year we got it, and there's something about Mary, and I think it Uh-oh. kind of popularized. <laughs> Uh, and then it was just jizz in every fucking jizz movie. everywhere. Uh, I'm gonna go three. I'm almost three and a half. I yeah, don't know. I you're right. I think it's a. Uh, it's you know I'm changing mind to three. It's, it's pretty fucked up. But I think you know if if you've seen this movie a hundred thousand times, then you might be like, eh, come on. I've seen I've seen right. more fucked up stuff than this. I've not this one, but I yeah. guarantee you show this to. I mean, Sophie won't watch this movie. Really. She, well, I mean, she's seen it, oh. but she's like, I won't watch it again. She's like, I have I'm no... good. She's like, no, she has, she's okay. not big on horror movies anyway, so she was like, I told her what this episode was, and she's out of town, but she's like, well, that's fine. I'm glad you're watching those while I'm not... She's like, I do not want to rewatch Seven or Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. And she certainly doesn't want to watch Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, that's what I'm saying, is that we're uh, all... Hey, de- I don't want to watch Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. We're all a little desensitized, so... And I, I, don't, I haven't watched this movie. I've seen this movie maybe five times. 
and I just watch it wow. every time I watch it. I'm I'm kind of like, oh fuck yeah, this is some, this is some, uh, this is some dark stuff. That's why it's a good bridge between Henry and the next movie because it's not only this one thing, and it's not anyway. It's right. One foot in reality, one foot out. Yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna give it. Uh, what'd you say, moths? And you didn't. Uh, and yeah. What did you give it? I the nostril. Oh, nostril. The nostril nostril stuff. Uh, I'm gonna give it uh, ten out of ten. Jesus uh, <laughs> thrown. Ten out of ten. Migs being a Migs. fucking hero who saved a, who saves a person's life. I'm not gonna go that far. <laughs> I was thinking about ten out of ten broken fingernails in the in the rock pit. Oh, oh fuck, God. that's true. Yeesh. That's so gross. That I had I'd forgotten. Especially because it's not hers. She sees him and then it freaks her out. That's Appreciate why. That's that what I'm talking about. That's that kind of shit that like I'd forgot. You know, I haven't seen this movie as many times as you guys have. I love it, but I just, it's not yeah, a movie yeah. I go back to every, I don't like watch this, and I had forgotten that, and that just like, also that she hadn't seen it until then. She'd been in there for days, probably, yeah, presumably. Yeah, yeah. He's lowering, it's the first time there's any light there. She's just, while well, he's bringing the light back up, and just like that fingernail there, and starts screaming, and Oof. you're like, yeah. And also, was the first 20 times I saw this movie, it was on VHS, and you can't really make it out. No. And now watching it on Blu-ray, a whole different story. I watched the new 4K, man, it looks amazing. Also, just like, uh, before we go, I just want to like, give a shout out to, I can't remember the actor, I don't know the actress's name who plays uh, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fact- Incredible. Fantastic. She, uh, Kathleen? Catherine. Catherine. Catherine Martin. Okay. She's like, but she's just great and her, the way she, pl- the way that they play the character is great too because she is like, like when Jodie Foster's like, shut up, I'm, I'm going to save you. She's like, shut up, you shut up, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Get me the <laughs> fuck out of here and it's like so, yeah. it feels so much more real than like, if it kept cut, and you don't even see her in that last scene, you just hear her. Yeah, but she's like, "I'm gonna help you get out of here. You so better great. get the fuck out of here, bitch." Also, a, I like she that even she has also, a line that's that I think is funny, where uh, where Jodie Foster's down there, and this lady's in a fucking well at yeah. the bottom of a well, and she goes, "Where is he?" And she goes, "How the fuck should I know?" Yeah, I love it. Anyway, I just wanted to give a <laughs> shout out to her real quick because yeah. I think she's well, great. Well played. Good yeah. point. She's, she's a, it's like a under. Uh, it's not something you see mentioned a lot because there's a lot <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. To. Uh, to overshadow that, but she's great. Also, that the character gets like to do stuff. Oh yeah, she's trapped in a well, but she she comes up with a plan. Pretty dire yeah, yeah. situation, yeah. and she yeah. almost gets the upper hand. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Speaking of getting, getting, getting the upper hand, the upper I know hand. I know a guy who has the upper hand in this next movie. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah. We gotta post that sketch. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna well, because it's it's up there, but like a lot of that shit we I posted like. F- fucking almost twenty years ago now on YouTube the, or whatever. The, they that one's like all weirdly encoded. No, nope, it's all yeah, all of that. The, all the old shit is because they whatever when they changed over their servers, they just were like, and hey, if these old videos look look like this now, they just look bad. So yeah. So anyway, I'll, I'll upload. Real upload. You guys can but watch. When, when Kevin and I just first sketch. started doing comedy, That's this not is like bad. very early. Ah. We did a parody video where basically the pre- it's just the the simplest premise of all time, <laughs> basically where it's just exactly the same as Seven, except like at the end he goes, they go like, "Whoa, you really did! F- that was a great uh, twist, man. <laughs> you fucked me. Yeah, you killed you- my wife's heads in that." Box? And they're all at a bar. Whoa, yeah. that is fucked up. And I, I played like, Morgan Freeman. It should be that's shorter. The whole, that's the whole premise, and the video is like eight minutes long. Yeah, uh, but the, unbelievable. I mean, but the thing, the, but we didn't know my, dri- my driving be, acting is really good. The thing that'll be interesting Matt's for great in it. for people to for people to. <laughs> For listeners of this to watch is that it's all it's, it's all three of us. It's all three of us. It's yes. all three of us. Because we got so. Matt to play Morgan Freeman. If you can get through it, and you get a fat John Doe yep. and a white Morgan Freeman, he's just a stupid. And I know Kevin's at, Kevin's doing Brad Pitt. I'm doing a spot really, on really Brad playing Pitt. up the uh, the stupid how stupid Brad Pitt's character is. By the way, we are talking about the movie Seven. Seven. You like what you do for a living? These things you see. You have to wear blinders sometimes. Most times. 
Detective William Somerset is looking for a way out. You're retiring. Six more days and you're all the way gone. So how long have you lived here? Too long. Detective David Mills is looking for a way in. We'll be spending every waking hour together from now until the time I leave. I'll show you who your friends and enemies are. Look, I'm going to come inside five years. Not here. Now, we have ourselves a homicide. They're caught in a game. No fingerprints and no witnesses of any kind. Nope. About the only thing we know about that guy right now is he's totally insane. Where the price of sin is death. There are seven deadly sins. Gluttony. You're going to come take a look at this. Greed. No one touches anything. Sloth, wrath, pride, lust, and envy. Seven. Fucking loopy doopy. A movie I saw in theaters and I thought was so awesome, and I still think it's a completely awesome movie. Oh, for sure. But at the time, I was like very pretentious about it. I was like, man, this is people don't understand how fucking great this movie is. You know what I mean? Like I they're just going to think it's some serial killer movie. <laughs> okay, Matt. I uh, well, I saw this first time. I saw this movie. I, it was after it was out on video, and I'd heard it'd been getting you know getting the rounds of praise and and whatnot, and I didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, because it That's made me feel bad. <laughs> oh, okay. Sure. Like I got to the end. And was like, ugh. and it was that thing. It was a similar thing where I was, you know, we're all nascent, these mm. little baby movie movie uh, experts or whatever at the time, you know. And that's the that's the time when you're the most a movie expert, and you're just like, no. And it was that kind of thing where like, yeah, it made me feel bad. What was the fuck? What's the fucking point of that? You know, it's just we kind of like, right. it's just we like it felt like, like seventeen. It f- to me, it felt like well, po- the pointless nihilism of seven. You know. And I watched it again a year later or something, and was like, okay, I really love this. I still think that like. Some of it is a bit like there is a bit of like that, mm-hmm. but also uh, I was like, but also like, what am I talking? What are we talking about here? The craft in this movie is impeccable. Yeah. The performances are great uh, across the board, pretty much. Morgan Freeman, especially, the, so good. The stru- I think so Pitt's good. great in it too. I think Pitt's great, but there are parts where it's like where you're like, mm, where he's like a bit like, a, and it's more of the character than Brad Pitt's performance. Yeah, it's more but it's more of the character being like, a, where you're like, good to see a man feeding who, off his emotions. Who acts like that. Structurally, the script is incredible. I think yeah. I've got my problems with the uh, de- like some of the dialogue and the details, but like overall, I always appreciate like how tight the uh, the structure of it is and how it how it unfolds. And at the end, you're kind of like, damn, they had an agenda and they executed it perfectly. Yeah, and this is again, this is a movie that. But there's some stupid. There's some dumb shit in there too. Though. Yeah, yeah. This it's influenced a, it's, and inspired it's a so much. But and also, I think that it's like accumulation, an accumulation of so much other stuff that had gone on in the genre before, and then and then they transmuted it into something new and exciting. Yeah. And they got exactly the right guy to direct it. I oh mean, anybody God. else directs this movie, and it's not Seven. Same with Silence of the Lambs. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Well, an interesting choice to do to do this, and then it turns out to be so yeah. the, the perfect what, choice. What's also interesting too is like you know. Uh, this movie, in my opinion, had the bit of the Quentin Tarantino effect, where it's like all the movies that came out after Seven like sucked because they wanted to be Seven, kind of like Pulp Fiction was like they came, they tried to make the Tarantino yeah. movie and like it can't be recreated. Well, Absolutely. it's um, for me. I was watching it and uh, it was reminding me of like uh, the Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. which is I think still a masterpiece of comic, but it like everybody learned the wrong lessons right. from that. Uh, from from like Frank Miller's that that book is like that, but this is the same thing where it's like synthesizing all this stuff of this genre and going like here you go, you know, obviously Dark Knight Returns superhero comics and then this one, but they're also both of them like were like. Yeah, you well, you like grim and gritty. Here's the grim yeah. and grittiest grit you're gonna grit your fucking teeth with ever. Yeah, like both yeah, of those, yeah. they they're very similar. And people went like, 
oh, I know what. Everything needs to be like that kind of thing. And you're like, yeah. no, not necessarily. You didn't. You didn't do all the. You, but you neither. But nobody d- did all the other stuff that the that that this movie did right. Yeah. Yes. Or that Dark Knight Returns did right. You did. You forgot all the other good parts or and whatever. Very, and just very few people can make a movie that look as good as David Fincher can. Because my oh, God, what a great looking movie. I mean, this is only his second feature. You know this, and he, and okay, so in the, I think Fincher will has been and always will be hungry in a way. He's a weirdly, he's oh, a weirdly I, driven kind of person. I don't know about that anymore. You don't think so? No. I haven't seen Mank, but this, but this I, is like Mank aside. I think that he is settled. Okay, because yeah. the, this movie, I feel like this he is, settled this is a while like Spielberg ago. and Jaws yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, where he had made Alien Three before and people didn't like it and it wasn't. Well, a he success. disowned it. It wasn't his movie. Yeah, and it was and it was taken away from him. So this is like him fighting. This is mm. this is like a huge swing. The car, the the commentary on the old Criterion Laserdisc, it might still be on the Blu-ray now, but it's really funny and really good. Really, he, he's really insightful about it, about what makes him work, and he's totally unpretentious about it too. He's just like, I just made this movie as as like. This is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be just like a fucked up, fun-ass serial killer movie. Yeah. He's like, if you're going to pander, pander. Um, it's one of my favorite lines he ever had. He's just like, if you're going to go for this kind of shit, well, you better fucking do it. Like, Although, it's, you know, I went into the office yeah. of the guy who's head of the production company. He's like, you're not ending this movie with the head in the box. He's like, then we're not making the fucking <laughs> the movie. Fuck we, it didn't Brad Pitt help fight for that? Oh, yeah. Too? yeah I mean, yeah, of yeah. course. Uh, I remember the thing I remember is the MTV Movie Awards. Yeah. Uh, this one best picture and Fincher came up and accepted it and he had a very short speech. And he went, and he's not a great public speaker, yeah. but he just went up and he had he was holding the award and he goes, uh, people keep telling me about this movie, it's just an MTV movie, it's just an MTV movie, and I just wanted to say, what's wrong with that? <laughs> and by the way, I mean, Motherfucker started in MTV too. Oh yeah, so I mean, he has no commercials and music videos for most of his career before movies. And thank yeah. you, and, Rick, and thank and you, Rick since. Springfield for yeah. giving us uh, David Fincher. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Seems like he might have been able to find a way in without <laughs> in some, you started some a, other direction. You started too. A propaganda with Michael Bay, and that's right. You know, Nigel Dick and all these other guys. Spike Jones worked at Propaganda mm-hmm. too. Yeah, Spike Jones, they're good buddies. Uh, Spike Jones is in the game. Yep, I know. For a second, I know. Uh, anyway, seven. Seven yeah. looks like a fucked up, super long music video. <laughs> I mean, that's what th- this <laughs> amazing. one. That, now I mean, the, we're, the now opening. We're, the opening credit sequence yeah. might might have done. I mean, I think so it's great, influential. But it might have done more damage than any than anything. Oh, that we've absolutely, done. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially in <laughs> the nineties after this, like, absolutely. Almost every movie had like a Kyle Cooper <laughs> imaginary forces opening credits thing, and they all sucked. Yeah. People, people. Don't behave this way, but the and so the takeaway obviously when people saw that was like we're all gonna do that now. But obviously the real takeaway should have been that's it, we're doing it once and it's yeah. done. Yeah. But nope, all music videos looked like this. A bunch of movies looked like this. They oh, were all yeah. fucking around with the uh, the crazy like written in fonts and like the scra- the you know the the tricks and the mm-hmm. the scratching up of the film and all that other kind of stuff. I mean, some of to the point where it even kind of irritates me watching it to this yeah. day. Even though I do appreciate the, the craft and the and it was very right. novel at the Did time. Did Fincher direct that? That Nine Inch Nails video for Closer? Yeah, that I don't know. Okay. I think it isn't. It's okay. like Romanek or. I mean, it's really good. Oh, yeah, I think it is Romanek or anyway. It's it's really. But it's, it's very Finchery. It's very. I mean, but I but like some of those. Those still, guys all know each other. Too, some of those still right. work for me, but then some of them, yeah, it's like it's like clearly like that that aesthetic like blew up too hard. Oh yeah, I and still think the credits of this are fucking amazing. It's cool. I mean, it is amazing. It's but, it's but it's it's something I watch now and go like yeah, okay yeah okay no oh, oh, oh I see this is from oh, 1995 yeah. that's we, weird to I me. Mean, of I course mean, this is the first one to me it still that, has but. all of its all of its power I don't think I don't think all the copycats and and its occasional flubs uh, have have 
like diminished it in um, any way. I only think that about the uh, about the opening credits, and then sort of just like the design of the end credits, where it's sort of fucked up. And of course, you can tell you can tell a movie's backwards. You can tell a movie's fucked up if the credits go backwards. And, and I don't like that song. The, yeah, uh, that David Bowie song. Yeah. I think it's not good. I don't care for it. Uh, it's but not as bad as the, the the Moby song at the end of the Bourne movies or anything, but, or it, the, is, or, but it is or sort Daddy, of like... Or Robert R.D.J. at the end of uh, Kiss Kiss Bang <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there you but go. It is, but this movie, the movie has a great ending and is a real fucking dick punch, as we all well know. No spoil. Obviously, this shouldn't yeah. be a spoiler for anybody. Uh, but then it's like this song that I don't like, and you're like, huh, eh, well, there yeah, you go. I think that's that's the same for me. Also, like, I just hate watching movies from any of those periods where then like you've got you've got a fucking pretty amazing Howard Shore score through the whole oh, movie. Oh god. And then you're like we're going to put this uh this David Bowie song nobody's going to remember. I like literally was listening to it going like is that fucking David Bowie gets to the end of the credits and I'm like sure enough fucking David and I'm like I've seen this movie 10 times. I did not know David Bowie sang a song at the end of 7 because that's how <laughs> that's how sort of non rememberable that's unmemorable well, that song no, it's is. It's no non-point but <laughs> but what yeah. is? If not, if it was, yeah, right. But I mean, it was. So I just was like, yeah. And also, covering and closer. also yeah. just put just put more of the fucking Howard Shore score sure, over the yeah, end. Yeah. Like that's fine. Or, or nothing. See, that I would mean, be more. That would be more that fucked. That would have fucked people up. But it feels. Or like just the sound of of uh, of someone sawing off someone's head. Specifically, going to Paltrow's head. Going, <laughs> ow, no, stop. But I like how it this how out. this movie is like. If we're traveling through from Henry to here, mm-hmm. like now this just takes place in a comic book world. Yeah, absolutely. Like this is like it's this, Blade Runner dystopia. It's, it's yeah. rain. It's, a it's disturbing like the city. Cartoon. And when they talk about the city, the city is fucked up. And it's a not, it's an unnamed city. It's yeah, just yeah. they talk about the city, just the city. And they've moved from somewhere. Gwyneth Paltrow and Brad Pitt have moved from somewhere that is nice. not the city. Yeah. That is like you upstate. Know, yeah, and so it's like, man, it is it is fucked up here, and it is like it is like every Republicans. That's why it reminded me of the Dark Knight too. Yeah. Returns too, because it's sort of, sort of like every Republicans' dream slash uh slash pretend nightmare of of what a of what a city is. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's Seattle stuff. is dying. Shit, it's <laughs> that thing where it's like where it's like crime riddled, and it's just like everybody's so cynical. Like, yeah, these fucking fucked up murders, but this is this is the city for you, and it's raining. All the time, constantly raining. And I'm, not, and I'm saying this is. I'm saying it's ridiculous, and that's what's great about it. Oh yeah. I'm saying it's great that it's a big comic book. I'm saying that uh-huh. that's what it remind. That's why it reminds me of that Frank Miller shit is because it's like yeah, yeah. It's that same thing where it's like fuck. It's and definitely I'm, like a, a lot of that comes from the screenplay, but then a yeah. lot of it is like in oh, the yeah, direction and the design. And, and Andrew everything. Kevin Walker's on the record. He's like, I was like miserable and depressed, kind of doing his Paul clear, Schrader doing Taxi clear. Driver act, you know, right. like. And it's just like it's funny because I still think this movie is as good as it ever was. I still love it, but m- purely on a like aesthetic and like performance and like they're like not as really a narrative no 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 uh well because you know what happens and so after, sure, you, sure. after you've seen it a couple times but also you're not, like, i feel like it's driving at this idea that like maybe john doe has a point but then if you yeah. actually listen to him now it's like well he's mad at lawyers fat people yeah. and prostitutes and it's just like oh so he's a nimby yeah you know like he's a como viewer yes. who just like got a little out of hand it's, it's angry old republican yeah bullshit. it's very much like he's like the guy from falling down or something right right like that like, guy doesn't have a point yeah and point. then in, in a more vague sense too just like humanity's just fucked people are fucking dicks right in the more abstract sense that's what he's doing because my girl why because my girlfriend broke up with me a couple months ago and like fucking just 
fuck it all, man. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, just burn the whole fucking thing down. Man. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and a lot of those little details, especially in the script, are like I think the the weakest yeah. parts, uh, where where you're like this just reminds me of some dumb like Stallone movie or whatever. One hundred percent. But I'm still gonna give it the highest rating possible because yeah, it's I David, mean, I Finch, just think it's David it's Fincher's th- achievement. I just think it's an aesthetic masterpiece. And every Absolute, goddamn yeah, yeah. image yeah. in this movie well, is arresting. And it's a structural masterpiece, like mm-hmm. you were saying too. Yeah. And, it really and, is and impressive. like what they don't show is is as is as like instructive as what they do. Like it's just following the cops. It's got the little title card Monday, mm-hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday, and it's. I don't know. It's it's so perfectly made, even if like ultimately the whatever it's saying. If it's got like a, a TV movie's brain, <laughs> right? And Andrew Kevin Walker did eight millimeter, right? Yeah, but so it, that, that got rewritten out of out from under him too. It still does feel like a lot of the stuff I didn't yeah. like about that. Feels it's like funny too because this. when this movie came out, I was like, that guy fucking. I wish you would write oh, so many more movies. <laughs> and then he, he kind of never really took off. He became a script doctor, worked on lots of different stuff over his career. And now I look back at this and I go, it's probably good that he didn't write yep, too many more movies. Yep. Because <laughs> even even this, the best one, the best one is like, well, you, you know, and that's a, it, it's important, it's good because eight millimeter got made mm-hmm. because this movie was a hit, you know, because he wrote that. But also, eight millimeter is totally trying to ape mm-hmm. what this movie's doing, but it doesn't do it. it doesn't what do what, it what if we tried to do it with instead of one of the one of the sharpest directors out there, one of the dumbest directors out there? <laughs> Give me another stylish director who is actually the the empty-headedest guy right. in yeah. the entire world. Well, hopefully, it won't reveal the essential banality of the script. <laughs> like, because he's fingers crossed. Because, like, yeah, because without Fincher's without Fincher's direction, it's like not, and and his ability to work. transmute that edge lord shit into something that is truly effective and scary. Well, That's and right. Like, yeah, and let's and I don't want to like, like we can't throw the performers under the bus either. Certainly because, not. Because like Freeman Freeman carries the movie, and also Gwyneth Paltrow in is her like couple. Scenes. Radiant. Like in the first couple scenes, it's sort of like, okay, so she's the girlfriend and she's cute and doing stuff. But that scene with her and Morgan Freeman mm-hmm. at the of being, diner. Speaking of being like, young fuck. and hungry, too. Yeah. Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow just really And they were throwing, dating throwing at the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and, her and Brad Pitt. I had an enormous crush on Gwyneth Paltrow. Were they were the together at the time? I believe so, okay. yeah. But she's That's tremendous right. in this. That scene in the diner where she talk, where they talk about, you know, like how that she's gets me. pregnant and he had a baby or he was going to have a child once. And oh my God. It's so, so, well, so, of course, when of he course says, if you do have that child, you spoil him every yeah, day. And, and she, she, does, like, she does that. Yeah, she cries for a second. Thing. Yeah. That gets me. Yeah. Of, of, That's so, amazing stuff. So, of course, because of the world that this movie takes place in, you know that that lady who's pregnant, yeah. who, you just learned was pregnant, is going to have her head fucking cut off and put yeah. in a box. And yeah. I didn't I didn't pick up on that at the time, but if I, wa- no. if I watched this. Uh, have, if I'd never seen it and I watched it now, I would absolutely. Oh, she's gonna see die. That. I don't know about the sawing off, but I would be like, well, I, would, I think in 1995, she's be dead. in 1995, yes. you would go like, well, they would never go there. That's right. Because and, and the fact that it's an interesting gambit because the fact that she's pregnant also adds an extra insulation to that. Right, Where you're like, well, right. she said she's pregnant. They're not going to kill a pregnant. I lady. mean, you have to remember this is coming, especially because we were all like 15, 16 when this came out, but it came out at a time when. That stuff didn't really happen in mainstream movies. No. That's right. That was the kind of thing that you would go see Seven and it would have the shitty ending where they win. And you'd be like, it was great up until that shitty ending where like they beat right. the guy. And then you'd read in Fango or whatever that actually originally what was going to happen was they killed Gwyneth Paltrow and they put her head in a box. You're like, what? That's so much more fucked up. <laughs> right. But, of course, but I, of course they weren't going to do that. Of course that. they were never going to do that. Yeah. Right. Well, that's one of the they things that made this it. movie so powerful. Well, you know, we're and just, of course they all like Fincher and Pitt had to fight for it yeah. too. Yeah, well, and just a year and that's bef- what everybody remembers about it. Yeah, and I mean, just a year before Pulp Fiction had come out, yeah. you know, uh, Mickey Mallory got away with it in, in Natural Born Killers. Yep. You know, so there was it was in the air. But sure. yeah, but yeah, nothing. Had, nobody was like 
And nobody and nobody saw it coming because Brad Pitt wasn't really Brad Pitt yet. Yeah. Nobody fucking cared about David Fincher. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? This was a fucking Alien 3. That this is a sucked. this is a fall dump, you know what I mean? Like nobody saw this movie coming. Yeah. That's and, true. Yeah. And also like but again, like it's it's instructive that like when it's revealed, you don't we don't ever see her head in that no. box. Yeah. Oh, Morgan Freeman does. Yeah. And it's all in his performance that oh, you man, that you so believe good. that <gasps> That you believe what that that's and then and There's then of blood. course and then of course John Doe saying that that's what's in there. Yeah. Him going like he just oh, didn't work it out. It looks like he found your wife's head in a box or whatever he says. <laughs> mm, how about that, huh? <laughs> wink, it was wink. funny also having recently done <laughs> little things for this and complaining about this, just watching that John Doe in the back of the car sequence in this movie going like, Man, they really fucking stole this shit from the little things. Uh, it's just pathetic. Oh right. They're still ripping. They're still ripping this movie off to this day. Yeah, I mean that was a contemporaneous ripoff, but it just took twenty years to actually yeah. get in front of a camera. Well, it's, right. But it's so funny because you can go like, "Well, this was written at the time." And you go, like, "Yeah, but you fucking you made fucking it thirty <laughs> years later." I know that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Fucking idiots, you blew it. Like you know, you're oh, allowed to you know, change things. But this was written back then, so it was you know, like, okay, well, well then suck back then, then. Then don't. They were forced at gunpoint to, writ- to use a yeah. script that was we, written back then and not to, change it. It has to be exactly the same as Seven, <laughs> except worse. But also like. And not, it wasn't entirely, but watching all three of these together, like the, the tableaus, the like murder stuff. Oh, and this, yeah. Of course, they're so elaborate, but it, they remind me of like it made me think of like oh, like in Henry, like those the, mm-hmm. just those murdered people, those murdered ladies, especially the one with like the bottle in the yeah. face or whatever. Ugh. And you kind of hear the murders in the background in the soundtrack, and in this, you, just see, you just see, but you're just seeing the aftermath. And you sometimes don't, you don't even those, see you that. Don't, you don't see the murders. Also in Silence of the Lambs, actually, yeah. you don't really see him no, except you don't. when he chews that guy's face off a little bit. But you don't see <laughs> yeah. him like sawing open the guy's stomach right. and going like, "Hmm, is this correct? Let me let me taste it." Or whatever. And in some cases, you don't even see that. Like with the lust victim, you just see the tool. Yeah. And Leela Norser, which is from Resurrection, for the better, for the which is for the best that we don't see uh, the, when the I, corpse or whatever. When I was uh, when I was with Paige many years ago, my 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 former girlfriend, uh, she had never seen this movie when we were together and I showed it to her and when the lust scene happened and he's like, I fucked her! And he's like freaking out, which is still very intense. She's like, turn it off. Wow! She's like, turn it off, I can't finish it. And I don't remember if she ever finished watching well, they, it. Well, because they, they, you don't see what happened but you see him crying and you tell him, get it off! And you see just these you see legs the pictures in the back. of it too. You see his legs in the background. Yeah. And then you, he's he's like talking about, he's like so fucked up about it. And then you see the picture of the thing real quick. Yeah. And then back to him, and you're just like, it, the movie's letting you put all the pieces together, mm-hmm. yeah. which is funny for a movie like Seven that it inspired and is remembered as mm-hmm. you know being like so fucked up. And some of the but murder I mean, scenes, you just do the see. fact that that does indeed happen, and you can put that together is the, the lady was fucked a to lesser death with a knife. A lesser filmmaker would not show like you when that. Madonna fucked that guy to death. That was way different <laughs> and not murder. <laughs> I was saying it should go to trial. Yeah. A lesser filmmaker would show you, is what Something, I'm saying. Something. Yeah, they yeah. Would sh- they'd, they'd be at that scene, and, and Brad Pitt would look over and go and do like three or four quick flashes, and you wouldn't see exactly, but you'd get a yeah, little see a glimpse of it or whatever. But Fincher's just like, like Resurrection no, no. does, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like like shitty and remakes, the co- and the cops are throwing up. Like, yeah, yeah. like thousands of shitty remakes of this movie did. Yeah. Uh, but like this is like it. It's like no, it's gonna give you all the pieces of something like that. Yeah. Of course, it's gonna show you the whole place of that guy. The the the, the, the sloth victim. Yeah, who's uh, so who's, when, who's who's dead, not dead, or uh, whatever. When this came out right on uh, when this came out on video, so, so fucked up. It, it came out on Criterion Laserdisc. This is before DVDs, 
So the Criterion disc yeah, was yeah. was all was was called all CAV because there were two kinds of laser discs. One had one hour of footage per side for you to flip the disc over to finish the movie, and the other version had a half an hour aside. But on the half an hour of footage aside, you could freeze frame it. Uh, and so the Criterion box laser disc it cost one hundred twenty five dollars. By the way. <laughs> Uh, it was struck off of like this silver retention special print and everything. It looked really amazing for for what Laserdisc was capable of at the time. But they could make all these special features and do freeze frames. So they include every single Polaroid that they actually faked and shot for the sloth victim. All of the pictures that he's supposedly taken every day of the guy while he was strapped to the bed. Wow. They actually did do the makeup and make the pictures. And you could step for, you could step through, through every single one of them on the Criterion Laserdisc. It was just really cool that, that they a, that they went to the, those links and that you could enjoy that. F- Fincher went full Fincher. <laughs> quote, quote, unquote, enjoy. Do you right. remember from the making ofs where they actually did <laughs> hire somebody yeah. to write into all those uh-huh. notebooks yep. too? And there was like one guy, I think a couple, but what they, they yeah. interview one guy and he's like, I really did just write a bunch of like fucked up shit and I went into the dark recesses of my mind. All for like two shots or something yeah, like yeah. that. But he was like working what on this for What miserable puppets weeks. we are, dancing, fucking. Dancing, fucking. I looked at this guy and I and I puked all over him and he was like, what? And I was like, he was sorry. Like, tell him about the Twinkie. <laughs> Just, <laughs> tell him about the, the Twinkie. The sloth, the, the sloth victim is funny too because there's a part with the doctor later on where he's talking about he's not going <laughs> to yeah. make it or he died or whatever. And he's You like, shined a flashlight into this guy's eyes right now. He'd probably die a shot. But, and but then the, he gets but, judgy. No, that's what yeah, 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 he goes, but he's still got hell to deal with. Hey, doctor. you're like, oh, your job. That's that's a, those are the parts of the movie where it like doesn't lose me, but it's like okay, <laughs> like you know, like like as far as like everything being designed and like most of the stuff with Morgan Freeman and, mm-hmm. and Brad Pitt is good, but then like stuff like that where a doctor is like, but he's still got hell to contend with or something, and you're like, right, uh, right, sure, okay, thanks, Doc. So oh, this guy's going to hell because he was bad or whatever. Well, he probably is. <laughs> You know, he was he was a drug dealing pederast, actually. A drug dealing pederast, actually. Uh, you know, I uh, mean, the elephant in the room has got to be Spacey, which you know we we all we reflexively know that we must hate Kevin Spacey now, but he is really fucking good in this movie. Yeah, yeah, one, still I really mean, scary. I mean, uh, you know, this is one where I think Kevin Spacey's drawing on himself. Maybe. Probably, you know, like turns okay, out he's going. He's going like no, like okay, I can do this. Ca- I can do this character. This is like me. Yeah, this is like me. But I don't murder people. Maybe. Yeah, well, not that we know of. Not that we know of, right? No, nobody knows where those bodies are buried. But Kevin Spacey, only he's he, not talking. Yeah, if only he had won for Senate that like that other character he plays. But he, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, no, but he, well, he wasn't even ad- he wasn't even like credited on any of nope. the advertising or anything for this. Nope, I knew who he was from some other stuff. So like. When you first hear his voice, I was like, "Is that sounds like that guy?" Yeah. But it was still a surprise. See, I didn't. Even though I think at the by the time I saw this, I had seen usual. see no evil, hear no evil. I'd seen Usual Suspects. I don't know if I'd seen him before. If I had seen him anything before Usual Suspects, I don't remember okay. what it would have been. I don't know what he was in before that. Outbreak. Yeah, he's an outbreak. Yeah, he gets was that out, out before this though. I believe so. He gets outbreak in that. Yeah. Well, anyway, I've never seen Outbreak, so. Oh like yeah, I, see, I had not yeah, seen. Gl- I don't Gary. think I'd seen Glengarry Glenn Ross at this at that time. Or if I had, I you know Kevin Spacey wasn't like some actor I knew, so I right, didn't remember right, him right. from it. I like when when I watched it again, I was like, <laughs> oh shit, that's the guy from Usual Suspects. I know who he is. See now. no evil, hear no evil. That's what he just. That's said. what I said. <laughs> okay. I was I was really in, <laughs> I don't know that one. I really enjoyed the shot in this where where Spacey actually kind of pops up. It's like there's a really I was just Detective. noticing that this is like a this is like a great David Fincher thing. Like he sets up this really nice oneer, like uh the the. The you're just the camera's just panning down the street. The cop cars are pulling into the parking lots. 
Mills and Somerset get out of their car and go into the building. These other cars are just going right down the well, street. Somerset's having, he's saying, like, I'm going to stay on until this is finished. Yeah, yeah. This like, conversation. All that stuff. Yeah, that's what's happening. And then uh, this cab just pulls right up in front of frame and Spacey gets out. You just see his legs and then he walks across the street. And it's pouring. It's not pouring rain, but it has rained and the sun is out now. And, like, it's this whole thing. It's I, just a really cool shot. I thought it was funny this time that he used a cab because I was like, because then he shows up and he's got his, like, bloody hands. Yeah, what did like, the cabbie think? What did he, what, what did he pay, him, pay yeah. the cab? Here you go. And Kevin's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And they got Kevin, and they got Kevin Spacey in there. And then Arlie Ermy is, like, talking about him. And he's like, all we know about him is that he's independently wealthy, uh, blah, 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 and completely insane. Yeah. And uh, he, he has his own clothes tailored. He had nothing on him but knives. And uh, he's uh, like the Joker. And there was blood is, from different oh, people. Joker is just like John Doe. Oh yeah, yeah. Joke, Joker totally. They, I mean, <laughs> Nolan totally. Same shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's. I mean, that's the whole deal with J- the Joker and the Nolan one. He's John Doe. And I also yeah. think that it works just just a, as a narrative tool because we are always talking on this show about how the serial killer guy is like, why is he? Why does he give all the clues? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and this at least makes fucking sense. Absolutely. It's like a hundred percent part yeah. part of the deal. Like like I said, the structure is really locked yeah. in. I mean, it makes sense. Oh, it's because it's part. Well. Well, and also, like, I think that, like, I have a feeling that in John Doe's plan was to do, was to not necessarily do Mills as Wrath and stuff. Like, no, no, I think that that came into his view. He improvises. improvises Darwin, Darwin, I Ching. Yeah, yeah. He improvises that. But yeah, but it it works in the it works in this one. Although it is still a bit like it's always for me is like the thing where I'm like, I don't, except for the Zodiac Killer, who they never found. Right. Uh, what I don't know that there's many other serial killers that were like, dear police, you almost right, had right, right. me or whatever. BTK. Most other most other serial killers got, yeah, well, got BTK like, did do that to it, himself. He got caught. He got caught. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, but most other ones just got caught because they got pulled over for having expired tabs. Right. Right. And they found dead people or or tools or like. Uh, and that's, whatever and he even ba- says that cars. to Mills. He's like, "What was it that you know? What clue did I leave you that you were just gonna that you were gonna catch me?" Yeah, you know, it's pretty cool. I mean, and this guy's like th- this guy's like even sort of more of a. I don't want to say he's more of a genius than Hannibal Lecter, but he's even more of a like a a cipher uh, supervillain character. Yeah, yeah. He's not, there's no. I, I don't believe for one second in that this John Doe character exists outside of this movie. Sure. Whereas Hannibal Lecter, no, it's you a pure be, construct. Is like is like a fun character to imagine. But like on other, having other adventures, this guy this guy exists in this movie. This whole movie only exists in this. Yeah, movie. yeah. That's all it of a piece with the whole the whole aesthetic of in, the film yeah. in the box. It's all, it's, it's all. It's all in the box. In the box. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's spare a moment quickly for Arlie Ermy, who is arguably the the comic relief in this movie. <laughs> he has so. some of my favorite dialogue where, where they're talking in the office and the phone rings. This is not even my desk. It's not even my desk. Or like, there's yeah, it's all that shit is really funny. Shut up, Mills. <laughs> I, I like one of the things that I was appreciating about it this time, and Arlie Ermy does it a lot, is that Brad Pitt is the kind of like stereotypical hotshot uh-huh. like cop character that we see in movies, and always like, and oftentimes kind of like roll our eyes at like the guy who's like, let's just fucking get the justice and, and, and fuck this shit, and man. And the two of them and are sitting there going like, get Mills, shut the fuck up. He constantly gets shut down. Everyone's like, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> get the f- what? What? Get the fuck out of here with this shit. Yeah. Like but, nobody has any patience for his hotshot bullshit. And and Mills is sick of everybody who he feels is <laughs> condescending to him all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no, don't jerk me off. Nobody has any patience for uh, Somerset either, though, which is <laughs> yeah. which is hilarious to Just me. Just look at all the passion and on I that wall. Oh, I'll be what? so glad when you retire, did man. The, did the kids see it happen? What? Yeah. It's, it what just, are you it's talking just, about? It's just part of the whole movie's like uh, like su- hyper hyper cynical yeah. uh, worldview. Is that like these cops who are like the the cops who 
who are investigating things are like, man, this guy investigates too hard. Fuck. And you're like, man, the co- <laughs> cops, right? Only There's only one good one. Yeah. Library, Somerset, you're library. not supposed to care about it. <laughs> that scene, Knock it off. That scene, though, where they talk in the bar and they kind of have a conversation about their, their worldviews. And yeah. that scene, by the way, I've always loved this, ends with Mills still being frustrated and kind of like, you know what? Fuck you. You don't understand. You know what I mean? But he does say yeah. his, the last thing he says is I always found interesting, where he's like, you, he goes like, you you want me to say give up and say it's all fucked yeah. up and go live in a fucking monastery somewhere? But whatever, I won't. But yeah. I won't. I can't. I won't. And then he like throws us some money down and goes, thank you though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. They have a. I mean, really like they really do. De- they're so good together. They're very good. At and together they do develop something that you care about. Well, they get a good. Th- I mean, they they get a lot of mileage out of that one scene where he they she invites him over. Yeah, for yeah, and yeah. Stuff. Ooh, like, lovely, that, relaxing, vibrating home. Like I think that 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 <laughs> shit. La- he laughs his ass off. It's very it's funny. Fascinating from that for that character who've <laughs> never even seen smile. <laughs> yeah. That sh- I think that shit really, really grounds it. So that it's not just this bleak. Yeah, this, I've always liked bleak, that they have those cartoon. two dogs that are now not having a fenced yard. You know what I mean? Like from wherever they're from. Right. But now right. they now they're stuck in a locked room with a newspaper all over the floor. Right. Yeah. These dogs it's are like, like just a detail, but they're outside. Dogs. They're clearly outside dogs. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not small dogs. Yeah. For they're sure. they're not city dogs. No. Speaking just of somebody who had them. a giant dog in the city, it's tough. Three of them. My God. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of big dogs. I hope the dogs are okay. Yeah, they're probably dead now. I, th- I think uh, it's interesting. No, I mean, I mean, I hope that they, he didn't. I hope that John Doe didn't also kill the cut dogs. their heads. Oh off. yeah, me too. I why killed all I, three of your dogs. Why wouldn't I kill a dog? Dogs got no reason to live. Dogs got no reason to live. Jeez, <laughs> all LA Confidential <laughs> for you. I like those dogs. They were nice. <laughs> I could relate more to the dogs. At least they weren't out being. I tried to play spreading whores. I tried to play dog dad. <laughs> it didn't work out. It was really amusing me watching it this time. And obviously the movie isn't technically in on John Doe's side or anything, but it is written by a depressed guy. And I think it's to some extent you are supposed to kind of go like, yeah, those folks so in one way or another. Well, those when he says when he says we coming. see a deadly sin on every street corner and we you know we yeah. allow it, it's like how am I not supposed to? It's like falling down a little bit where you're like, no, you're supposed to think he's got a point. You're supposed to think John <laughs> a, Doe has a, a legit beef. Little you can devil, almost little devil's you can, advocate. You can yeah. almost hear some fucking dipshit Republican like Mitch McConnell. Right? Or something. Yeah. Like, we see a deadly sin on every street corner, <laughs> y'all, y'all, and here we are. My turkey neck lets it happen we'll pass it off as normal Uh, but like it's really funny to me because he's like this guy who used lied with every breath he could muster to like get criminals free you're like okay and you're like the disease spreading horror you're like i guess and then he's so beautiful on the inside or on the outside that she couldn't be bared of you or whatever that one and and you're like huh yeah why did what we're just mad at her for being pretty and uh, and shallow for being vain and also like she's a model that's her job but also like did you really really know this girl i mean i I bet i bet you didn't have a conversation right you don't know yeah and then one guy's a pederast you're like okay a drug dealing pederast actually uh but then it's just a fat guy yeah and then his and then he's like he's so gross he's like a guy that you would you would see him on the street and you and your friends yeah would like make fun of him and you're like so he deserves to die because you he and your friends be, he deserves to be out? tortured to death for days and what and, and I, I also <laughs> like to picture when he says you and your friends would get together and point at him and laugh at him and you're like is this what you were like was john doe was like in high school he's right. like a jock yeah he's like right. on the football team and just making fun of fat dudes hey everybody look like at that. the nerd over there and everybody's like what are you talking about and then he killed the nerd <laughs> no we all know john he doe shoved was his bullied. pocket protector down his throat and made him eat it he was, was just the suggestion that at any point he had like friends that he like yeah, right. hung out with and made fun. You of and your friends, you know what with. friends are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he was a he was a he was like a 
a nerd who briefly hooked up with some some jocks to make fun of the fat kid, but then they they, turn, they but then, turned on him. But then they but then they pantsed him or whatever too, and so yeah. he's like, I don't like jocks no, either. And then but the I fat still kid tried like, to eat him, and he just hates fat. And, the, and then oh, the fat man. kid laughed at him when he yeah. was pantsed, and he's like, Well, I don't like you. I don't like you either. Fuck you, God boy. Um, detective, uh, I'm gonna buy a neon a cross and put it up in my bedroom yeah. now. <laughs> In my weird apartment. That seems hardly in keeping I mean, with Martin. That's a great scene, though. That foot chase, the whole the thing. I mean, all the foot stuff. chase is probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. It's fucking outstanding. I'm well, a big fan of. I'm a big fan of all the library stuff because. Oh, I love that scene. There's that and the and the stuff with Mark Boone Jr. when they when they get the list of of books and stuff and he's like. Uh, of human bondage, oh, yeah. bondage, not what you're thinking. That dude's in a, lot, Marquis, a couple of Nolan Marquis movies. Marquis de Chardet, de Sade, whatever, whatever. Who, Smelly Man? The hilariously underlit library. Yeah. Well, it is. It is closing hours. <laughs> sure, this is, sure. This is fair, another thing. Fair enough. Yeah. This is but another also, thing that. Though, I, that why I, does it have? Why does that library have like eight security guards yeah. though? I know. What What is in that library? And all they do is drink beer and eat pizza all night. <laughs> play cards. <laughs> all the knowledge in the world in this. Here's some culture for you. Underlit library, and you just play poker. Sad. It'd be funny if he's like, "Here's some culture for you," and it was like. Body count. It was like Cop Killer was on or something like that. That's what I thought. Or like Sabotage or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Sabotage is pretty good. Uh, but uh, Killed all those aliens in that Star Trek movie. This yeah. is a thing that I just noticed in the most recent watching because the movie is like almost comically, like we pointed out, like comically nihilistic. It's portentous, like, I would it's, say. It's just yeah. miserable. Everything about, everything is miserable. Everything's fucked. Um, even when they go into that cafe that we've all seen in a million mm-hmm. movies, they, they light it in such a way that's like, this place is miserable. But at one point when they're waiting for Smelly Man to deliver the, the list of the books, yeah. uh, they are in a pizza place. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, well, that just looks like a pizza place, and there's pizza. Who? Nothing wrong with pizza. But the shot is introduced with Morgan Freeman going, they must have had about 50 health violations <laughs> during the last inspection. So even the pizza place is like fucked up and twisted, man. It just, it just takes place in this fucking, this fucking hellhole. <laughs> It's like totally uh. a carry. It feels like a carryover, and I mean, the, it's it's a credit to like Fincher and the rest of the filmmakers that like it feels it feels like a real place mm-hmm. because it feels like a carryover from like the eighties, like Blade Death Runner. Wish, Death Wish. Yeah, well, Blade, Blade Runner, Runner a little bit, but Death, but like more like the attitude is like those Death Wish movies yeah, and yeah. shit, like the attitude of of how New York was in the in it's the seventies and eighties or whatever. And that it's just like if you junkies. go out, if you go outside on the street, you're gonna get murdered, raped, rape, murdered, drugged. <laughs> You're and gonna get nothing good. You're There's gonna no get hoard. Something bad is gonna happen to you outside. It's all dirt and dirty and gross. Get and a bazooka. Shitty. Even this nice apartment, the, the well-appointed apartment that nice Gwyneth Paltrow and Brad Pitt live in, is like fucked up because this subway goes by it and shakes right. it up. Morgan Freeman's place looks nice enough. He's it's well-appointed, but there's just people screaming through the walls all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. There's no part of the city where like the horror doesn't like leak in. It's like right. I mean, it's like well, the, and that's all, that's his whole trauma. Absolutely, like, I absolutely adore. Like it's so. It's so portentous, but just like <laughs> him throwing a knife at the wall with a metronome ticks away the seconds of his life. It's just like, yes, it's like chef's kiss. Whenever I watch this now, I'm like, it's so much. Yeah. And I just adore it. <laughs> no, I love it. It's so it's so specific. But it's, I, I, lo- it's, I love all this stuff. It's certainly doing a thing, but it, it, it works because it's grounded a little bit. Yeah. 
and so it works. Otherwise, it would be like you'd watch this and go it's like, comical. "What the fuck? Where the fuck is this supposed to take place? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Because it's just such. Because when you miserable. We, as, meanwhile, yeah. it's like we all live in a, a pretty big city with like a lot of problems and stuff like that. And it's like I was at a nice Vietnamese restaurant the other day. Right, and everybody yeah. was nice. It was they were playing nice music. I like, like yeah, it. It's pretty yeah. nice. I walk my dog and then around a nice park every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful sunset. And you're yeah, like, oh, I love living here. Yeah. It's Great. We don't live in the hellhole of a city. <laughs> and it rains all the That's time. That's not here what Como says. It does rain all the time here, <laughs> supposedly. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, watch, I, I remember just being fucked up by this movie. Oh, I was floored by at it. The time. And I did see this movie uh, with my friends the first time, and we all loved it. And, I saw, and then I took my dad to see it. And my dad liked it too, but he had a hilarious uh, commentary. Like afterwards, I was like, "Wasn't that all fucked up about the head?" And then they they killed that woman and stuff like that. He's like, "Yeah, gonna kill that poor." It's like woman. no big loss though, because all she did was sleep around all day anyway. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Because she is in bed like all the time, and this like right. a lot of the shots of her lying in bed. Yeah, I and mean, I, thought, I always thought that was very, that was a that's a classic Eric Vote uh, line <laughs> right there. <laughs> Which, but it's also like you know telling that you know, like Gwyneth Paltrow is great in her few scenes, but it's also like she is. Still Ult- a token. She ultimately still is a he- just the head in the box. Like Absolutely. she's she's not she's a character because she's she's go- there she's to very be good. But yeah, she's there to be like Destroyed. taken away from Brad Pitt. We she's the beauty that's being leached out of the world. We literally exactly. can't like, have nice things. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> not and in we the city. Nor should we be allowed them, according to John Doe. Yeah. Like we we shouldn't be allowed nice things or bad things like this fat guy that he hates or whatever. I don't fucking his his mo is. It, it if you saw sense, him on the street, you'd laugh at him. He's got to die. You fucking loopy doopy. What are you even talking <laughs> it's about? It's a fucking loopy doopy. Loopy doopy. It's a fucking t-shirt at best. That's you're what Kevin. That's movie, what Kevin's Brad Pitt call, in our the video that we were talking about. Kevin calls him a loopy doopy, and it's. <laughs> I wrote that sketch, and I've always been very proud of that line. It's, it's a funny it's line, loopy doopy. <laughs> loopy doopy. It would be hilarious. I don't if doubt he that you call him. He calls him a wad too. I'm, you're a total wad. Total wad. I just like when I watch the movie now. <laughs> whenever I watch Seven now, I expect him in that scene for him to say loopy doopy, and he doesn't. And I'm like, oh, that's all right. Travis made that. <laughs> that's much funnier. <laughs> Hopefully we can we can find a copy and put there uh, we can find. Oh, it I have a copy. Okay, good. don't worry, I'll get it. It up. sucks, but uh, you know it's the three of us. It's just the three of us. Two thousand and four or something like that. Uh, yeah, two thousand five. Two thousand four or five. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ! Unbelievable. <laughs> Long time ago. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, then it's Gwyneth Paltrow's heads in a box, and, mm-hmm. and it's fucking great. And it's also it's this also is when like, Howard Shore's music is at its best too. And they're like they like, but it's funny too because like thinking about it now, just thinking about like all the police shootings and stuff. I'm like, Brad Pitt, will he's going to be fucked up about that. Mills will be fucked up for life about that whole thing. Mm-hmm. He's, but he's he's fine. He's not going to like go to jail or anything. No, he'll go to a mental hospital probably for a long time. Maybe, or he'll, or he'll go to therapy or whatever, but I mean, he's not going to, uh, the, he's not no, going they're to, not gonna he's not going to get jail. in trouble. The cops are going to be like, that was a just, you know, because uh, I mean, and you could almost argue it in court that like, look, uh, your honor, uh, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the dude had just found out that his wife's head was in a box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he'll be fine. Case Pretty extraordinary, right? But also, like, also just thinking about how he's like cops get away with much less justified right. shootings oh, in real sure. life, and you're like, oh, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine except for being fucked up. But he also seems like the type I mean, of guy he'll, he'll get out there he'll again. Have he'll have PTSD, find but it's like I don't, I don't buy that 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 Mills is going to be catatonic in the back of that police car for any more than a you know a few hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll be he'll be angry and crying and stuff yeah. but he's still like, have ptsd for decades and you know become an alcoholic 
Sure. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of mental <laughs> asylum, I, I, I did uh, want to include this line just because we t- we talk about uh, how uh, how this movie's extraordinary in many ways, but also a lot of the details in the script are like classic tropes just from, uh-huh. for, that have been around since like the seventies about like conservative crime horseshit. Uh, and we've talked about this in a lot of movies. The the whole um, the crazy person's just gonna go, just gonna go to a fucking basically a classy hotel yeah, like the, right. so he's going to have it even better he's going to have a sweet life not going to go to prison like we want him to the terrible place yeah and this that is we what Brad, Brad Pitt's to. talking about how it sucks that John Doe's going to you know because of his lawyer Richard Schiff by the way yeah, yeah. Toby. he's, he's going to get his room and board he's going to get his free cable TV hell my wife doesn't even have cable TV mm. you're like buy your wife cable TV then cops yeah, get what? paid well enough what the fuck hey, don't also, you have a union what? Yeah, don't you got a fucking union? A, cr- a get crooked cable union? TV. And also, like, don't you live with your wife? Wouldn't you just say we don't have cable yeah, TV? You, do you have cable TV and or your do wife you doesn't? Just, right. Do you just not watch? You have cable? Sorry, honey. We decided our finances would <laughs> we divide it right down the line, yeah. so you can't watch my cable TV. Very weird line. <laughs> Very strange. I like the uh, the weird the weird line at the end where they're they're getting ready. They're like wiring each other up and sh- they're shaving their chests in the bathroom. And yeah. he's like, if an, if John Doe's head should open up and a UFO should come out, I want you to be prepared. And Mills has like no response. <laughs> to that <laughs> he then mills has a funny because there's a part, a part in this movie i really like where morgan there morgan freeman's having dinner yeah uh, at the uh at the pits house yeah and gwyneth paltrow is like mills. we were high school sweethearts isn't that corner he was the funniest person i had ever known yeah, yeah. and morgan freeman goes really yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then there's a part where when they're doing their, the chest shaving part where brad pitt goes if i ever shave off a nipple do you think that workman's cop's gonna cover it or something like that and it's kind of a funny line you're like okay you see a little sliver of like him being a funny guy i do like yeah, right before his life is completely <laughs> obliterated. I mean, I can see why you'd want to be with him because he's so handsome. Or but, it uh, seems he like does that would be the very big funny. selling point. I, I feel like it's kind of like I think that both of them are very, very good in it. But I feel like that casting Brad Pitt and Gwyneth Paltrow as that couple is Fincher being a little bit disconnected from how like regular people act and sure. are. Like they're supposed to be like more normies. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. But that's not who they are. No, they're fantastical. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. But particularly Gwyneth Paltrow, who's yeah. basically an angel. Right. Well, and Brad an Pitt, angel that gets her head chopped off because the world is <laughs> fucked. <laughs> right. Brad yeah. Pitt doesn't necessarily seem like someone who's not from the city either. Right. Exactly. He like feels like like he's like, I've seen homicides of like not like this. You haven't like he's supposed to be sort of fish out of water in the in the city, but he feels pretty feels pretty pretty endemic com- to the city. Yeah, yeah. He feels like this guy's part of the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe they were just in a smaller city. That was just less shitty, right? <laughs> like all because all cities are shitty, right? All all of humanity. Well, the city is, is so large. Sludge. I mean, it basically encompasses most of the country. Just the <laughs> fucking morass, fucking it's a sprawl, mega really. city. Yeah, disgusting. There is a part where Brad Pitt is uh, has got these books. He finally gets the books, the classic books yeah, that uh, Raymond oh, yeah. re- uh, recommends to him, and he's this is him talking about Dante. Goddamn poetry writing, f bomb piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Dante. Then he, then he throws the book and then another cop buys Cliff's notes. notes. Yeah. And you're like, I could see a country boy saying that, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or a city boy. I mean, I don't know. It was 1995. I remember like, one of the... the, the it's the, not the, like, uh, you know... One of the biggest deals that... Because to just give you an idea of where Brad Pitt was in the popular imagination, it was like a, one of the main deals with this movie was that it, Brad Pitt's hair sucked. What? That he had a, like a bad haircut. Yeah. Oh, you remember Does that? He? I think he looks fine. No, well, I mean at it's the time. Because he's, it's Brad Pitt and he's supposed to have fabulous locks. I think oh. they put him in this movie where he had a regular haircut like a cop oh, would have. Oh, like a cop haircut. Because this was like criminal. Because Brad, Brad Pitt also was in, uh, the 12 Monkeys I think came out around this, was it 95? A little after, a little after this. this. But it was uh, around the same time and it was like him trying to like 
He was acting. He had, but he had to force him. He had to like force himself to, like I think he he was he, counteracting. He, acti- the, he actively had to be like, I don't want to be yeah handsome the, pretty boy. Uh, handsome, yes. that's not like I want to actually. And he, I mean, because I think Brad Pitt is a great actor. Because yeah. Legends in the Fall, in particular, is yeah. just pure like Fabio shit. I mean, he he has some moments in there in that movie too. No, where he's, he's, he's good where at he's it, like, but it is. where he's like on opium and he's like real fucked up and shit. But yeah, it is also like his introduction in that movie is like a shot of him in the sunset and he's like wet and he shakes his beautiful <laughs> his long, long blonde hair, hair and everybody's looking he's at him shirtless. like everybody's buff. looking at him and everybody's just coming. Yep, <laughs> pretty much. I am. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> See, we're all coming right now, John. <laughs> Detective Mills, would you come if I... (laughs) (laughs) If you were in a room without windows with hot Brad Pitt? Um, (laughs) I I loved meeting your wife while I chopped her head off. She recommended some vaginal steaming apparatus to me. (laughs) It was very weird, but... (laughs) She told me to put some eggs in my vagina. I gooped her! I gooped her! I did it! I did it, I gooped her! Concrete countertop. I guess. Uh, also, like, it's a stretch at the end when he, and I guess it's partly because he had to improvise. But he's like, I guess um, I was. I'm envious of you. The sure, I'll, that'll work. Yeah, Envy's my sin. That'll that'll I, work I, I because I uh, improv I, a little bit at the end here. I didn't have I didn't have time to do that. Actually, I have an envy guy, and he's all set up somewhere. But now you'll just find him later. Yeah, yeah, it's it's <laughs> fine. It's fine. You you ruined my whole my whole game. <laughs> but when you find him, you'll be like, oh, envy. Okay. Uh, that's what it was. Anyway, I chopped your wife's head off. <laughs> <laughs> now you kill me, and bada bing. And so um, I have to go collect a bunch of Oscars now. Yeah. Goodbye. Was John C. McGinley in this? Barely. As, as California, the SWAT <laughs> you guy. You ever see his face. SWAT goes weird. before dicks. Very weird. John C. McGinley? Yeah. He's great. That one scene where he where he's like right in that guy's face. Yeah, yeah. And he you come got and he what comes you deserve. Alive. You got what you deserve. <laughs> that actually absolutely fucking terrified. Oh, yeah, that was so time. scary. That's one of the scariest that's things. Some that's some great. That's some fucking great makeup and shit. That, like that, yeah, whatever yeah. they do, whatever they did to that guy. That's like amazing. Those tableaus are just a, they're like fucking great. They're oh, like, they're all real people. Oh, I forgot to mention too that the guy who is the dude who is like the bouncer at the nightclub where they find the lust victim. Yeah. yeah. He was a bad guy on like an early season of Twenty Four. He's also the guy who shot Brandon Lee. Oh, oh wow! Holy shit! Recently yeah. passed away. Very sad, and That's he was like traumatized bad. by that his entire life. I've yeah. seen him in a lot of stuff too. That's God yeah. damn, oh. amazing! Uh, yeah, one th- last thing that I did want to say. Speaking of just the tableaus, is that those are all real people in there. That was like a super skinny guy that they had. Being yeah. that was the the woman, even with the the bandage, that they had to like push her nose aside. That sounded awful to me. Um, to put that bandage over her face, they would do that digitally now. Uh, and then the fat guy. Uh, that's a real fat guy, and uh, and I, <laughs> I just can't. This is one of those things where you can't not think about the actor because that's a real fat guy. And when when, the, when they're doing the uh, autopsy of him, it's just three people walking around and going, "Look, this how is disgusting. Fat yeah. This disgusting fat fuck is." And the guy's like, "How much am I making? Yeah, four hundred dollars a day." Yeah, he's <laughs> making you, scale. Do you see this guy's Fucking stomach? It's so fat. Uh, and that's Reg Cathy from uh, the oh, Wire. Oh yeah, Reg Cathy. I know he's great. Even the doctor's like, we have a, ten- a clinical def- uh, definition for this kind of person. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> That's Reggie, what it is. Reggie Cathy from The Wire. Forgot, we forgot to mention entirely Frankie Faison in Frankie Silence, Faison of Silence of the Lambs. Also yeah. from The Wire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And every wow. Hannibal Lecter movie. Yeah, yeah. Presumably, but, although I don't remember if he's in Hannibal Uprising. 
Or Hannibal Rising. Finally got to like have Hannibal it, or, Uprising. <laughs> finally really got to have his moment on Banshee too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yes. You know, like fucking classic yeah. stuff. I mean, he's great as Burrell though too. He's yeah. he's Frankie Faison. He's fucking awesome. But uh, but he's I, I love him on Banshee. He yeah. really gets to be like showy, and plus he gets to like shotgun people. That show was so <laughs> that show was so great, and then it totally like <sighs> shit the bed in its, it's last. So, season. It's so good, except for that last season, fucking sucks. Sucks. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, all right. Well, <laughs> uh, ratings. <laughs> I'm gonna give this five Juds. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know we talked about things that are deeply flawed about it, but I just, I adore it. I still think it's as powerful as it always was. Yeah. And it's fucking gorgeous. Uh, I'm going to give it three Douglases, mostly for the lust victim stuff, mm. which I just think is super gnarly. Some heinous shit right there. Maybe even, maybe two heinous. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to give it uh, 10 out of 10 phones that aren't even at my desk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it five too. I've got I got all kinds of complaints about the script and I and I and this uh, screenwriter. Uh, I'm not a huge fan outside of the structure of this movie essentially. Yeah. And like he does it, apparently eight millimeter was fucked with, but it's fucking awful. Um, but Jesus Christ, it's fucking mass. I mean, it's fucking. Ma- it's it looks seven. so incredible. Like start. I love every frame of it. It's just uh, audacious and crazy and weird. And Fincher, it's Fincher at his best, yeah. really swinging for the fences. I love it. I was, I really enjoyed it this time. Um, yeah, I'll give it three Douglases, almost exclusively, exclusively for that lost victim. But it's that's that is pretty, some pretty heinous shit. It's harsh. Yeah, harsh stuff. Even if they kind of dance around it, which of course they'd have to do. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to give it. Uh, <laughs> 100,000 cans of tomato sauce and spaghetti <laughs> sauce <laughs> <laughs> that they <laughs> force feed that guy. Yeah, there's a lot of them. He deserved it. I wonder if Spacey brought all of his old high school buddies with him to like make fun of oh the guy to, to point and laugh at him while he was doing Because this is that. what they would do. <laughs> I brought all of my friends. We're all wearing our class rings. Uh, I'm going to give it... Uh, I'm going to surprise you guys. Oh. I'm going to give it four and a half. What? Yeah, no, I mean... I only, I only almost think this movie is perfect. I every time I watch it, I, it's again, it's like, like I said, there's flaws and stuff. But I've, I was comparing it to Dark Knight Returns because I feel the same way about reading that book. Is mm-hmm. that it's like beautiful and like, man, this is a masterpiece of, of this form. Also, there's dumb stuff in there. Mm-hmm. There's dumb stuff in, there's dumb stuff in this movie where I just like, as we talk about John Doe's worldview and how the movie kind of is like trying to get you to go like see a little bit. It's like fuck off. Yeah. But I mean. Fucking watch every time. Watching this movie is just like, whew, every time it's it's amazing. It's an amazing just looking like, movie. It's an amazing achievement in in all that art direction, cinematography, yeah. editing, all this. Mu- the music is great. Yeah, this Arthur enough. production is by Arthur Max, who has only ever worked for Fincher twice, and the rest exclusively Ridley Scott. Wow, wow. crazy! Wow, Jesus Christ! Uh, and, and the I, John Cazale of art direction, uh, except he's still alive. Yeah. And Morgan Freeman, this is one of my favorite Morgan Freeman performances. And a guy who's had a ton of, uh, I think this is one of his best performances. And he he really anchors the whole movie, like as a central character. Like, and I mean, Morgan Freeman has been in other movies like this that we've mm-hmm. done on the show that are bad, and he can't you know anchor them because they're bad. So it has to be in combination with Fincher and all these other things. But like he really he really just works for me. It's like his movie. He's the main character. Oh, for sure. You know, and he, at the end when he does that Hemingway quote, which I guess was tacked on, mm-hmm. like it certainly feels tacked on. Yeah, 
It is. It's like it's like a thing where I think that they they had to could make that concession where they were like, okay, you can have the head in the box and have it be bleak, but you have to. Have, like, like, do one. we have to have him say at the end that he believes the world is worth fighting for? Because <laughs> like I don't think this movie thinks that at no, all. No, and, and <laughs> he in does fact, he and, does believe that it's terrible. At and least. In, in fact, the movie should end with him going like, "I'll be around," and yeah. and, and it being incredibly sad and bleak. That would be better. And not go him going like, "And the world is still okay, though." Yeah. Uh, he does not say that. He says we're gonna. Uh, Ernst no, no, he said, no, he says the, the world, world is, worth is, a fine, is a fine place and worth fighting for. I agree with the second part. Yeah. yeah. So he does implicitly say the world is fucking sucks. Sure, yeah. but it's also feels like, it still feels like that. I don't believe that that guy at this point feels, feels like, like, a, like it's worth fighting. A drizzle for. of hope at the or, end. Yeah, absolutely. I don't I, feel like I don't feel like uh, Somerset feels like it's fighting worth fighting for at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do want to. I also wanted to point out uh, that like this and Silence of the Lambs very similar with Morgan Freeman's career and Anthony Hopkins because they were both established actors who'd been yeah. around mm-hmm. and they were like fifty when they made these and I like I just love the idea of you've just been an actor you've been pretty you've been successful enough but you're just a, kind of a character actor and you're like I they both I, won I, Oscars or been nominated mm-hmm. yeah you know? I think I know how my how my life goes I'm gonna be this is how I'm doing I'm doing pretty well at it but that's it yeah that's fine with me and then they become mega stars when they're like 50 years old yeah. and then their <laughs> career takes this crazy trajectory. And that's then true. Anthony Hopkins did the fake sequel to this movie. That's right. Anthony Hopkins' whole which career we, which just we covered completely went a different direction. On this podcast. Right. Morgan Freeman started doing nothing almost exclusively movies like this for like 10 years yeah. where he was playing Somerset and fucking everything yeah. for a huge paychecks, which is great. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, uh, he would never do a Fincher movie again because he refuses to do more than one take on yeah. movies, probably because of this movie. That's why he loves Eastwood. Yeah. Uh, and oh, and uh, I go three Douglases. I think it's. I mean, this movie's really fucked up. So I almost want us to give more, but it's not like. It's not sexy fucked up. But it's not. It's, it's not, not sexy like it should be. It's sleazy, but it's not. It doesn't quite get under your skin. It's so designy. Yes, I don't know. It's absolutely. so designed that I just feel like when you see that fat guy in the soup, you're like, oh wow, cool. Yeah. More like more like cool set design than like oh my god, this is disturbing the fuck out of me. Yeah. And this seems real. So, you know, but but it is fucked up. All this stuff in it is fucked up. And I'm going to give it, uh, what did you say? I don't remember what anybody gave Tomato, it. Tomato soup. Or uh, spaghetti sauce. Mm. I don't remember what Matt said. I had the phones. This phones, is not even my phones, desk. Not even his desk. <laughs> phones not even my desk. What what happens in this movie? Well, how about uh, the, the pieces of kitchen tile that he swallowed? 10 out of 10 swallowed <laughs> pieces of kitchen tile. UFOs flying out Gross. of John Doe's head. 10 out of 10, no, uh, 10, out of 10 pill bottles uh, super glued to your hand. No, I don't like that. 10 out of 10 performers who get on stage and drink piss. <laughs> this is on the stage and then drinks it. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, 10 out of 10 uh, drug dealing pederasts, actually. <laughs> actually. Actually. I'm going to give it three... Four dogs that are left in that yeah. tiny. Th- literally three big dogs. Oh, you had to leave it on a bummer. That's appropriate. Good job. <laughs> Very who good. I hope, who I hope John Doe left alive. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the drizzle of hope at the end. I believe those dogs are worth fighting for. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we made it. That was a long one. It was a long one. Yeah. Fucking a. Uh, what are we doing next? Are we, are we doing Are we doing the military ones next? Let's do military. Okay. All right. So we're doing We're doing three military thrillers. We're gonna do basic, a, a, a frequent request of some of our listeners. John McTiernan's John basic. Basic. We're gonna do mm-hmm. William Freakin's Rules of uh, Engagement. Also frequent. Uh, okay. Another request. frequent request. And another. We were gonna We were thinking about doing a movie called Hearts War nice. because it would feature the return of our man Greg Hoblet. Mm. But we settled on Rod Lurie's The Last Castle. Yeah. With Robert Redford a and closer to our wheelhouse. Gandolfini. Yeah. Huge, high-profile kind of failure that is hard to imagine anybody. I remember I watched days. it, I think, a, a few years ago again recently, and I thought it was pretty good. It was all right. Well, so we'll, we're gonna we'll find, find out. out. Goddamn it! No, I haven't yeah. seen any of these. 
Get on the get on that Patreon. Um, we're I believe nine away from getting to 125, yeah. where we released the fucking four Fincher episode. Yeah. Speaking of it, one of the reasons we did seven was so we didn't have to talk about it on that one and make room for better or not better, but different Fincher's. <laughs> different ones, different yeah. Fincher's, different ones that don't, don't fit, fit in squarely. Our, in yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although some of them, uh, uh, handful, they, they handful of, of them mostly it's do. The, the game girl with the dragon tattoo. We could do both of those. Benjamin Button, pa- Panic Room. Panic Room. Oh, oh yeah, I guess Panic Room. All too. of them do except for Benjamin. Button. I mean, his movies are mostly thrillers. Although so. Benjamin Button doesn't really fit into Fincher's filmography at all. We're, we'll talk about it, so get on that Patreon. You can listen There's to so us talk about it. good stuff on there at um, this point. So Michael Manuary has come and gone if you haven't caught up on Michael Manuary. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. ra- rate us on iTunes. Yeah, five please. stars only, please. Five stars only. We would love if you did that. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Letterboxd, all that good stuff. Hopefully you enjoyed The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Oh if yeah, you came, yes, out and saw came out and saw it, it after this. That has happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it hasn't happened in our universe in our timeline, but no. it has happened by the time this will be out. Yeah, so Hopefully you're listening to we that. didn't fuck it up. I mean, I can't see how. Hopefully, I mean, COVID won't cancel it again. That's true. Yeah, maybe we really fucked. Got it up. a week for COVID to cancel if it. We Good d- luck, COVID. If we did fuck it up and you're listening to this, then you probably already heard about it. And sorry, we're sorry, sorry we did that, that was so fucked up. You won't be, you won't well, be able to be sorry. You'll be dead. No, I know, but I'm saying that's why I'm saying sorry now. Right. I have to say sorry because I can't. And you, I'm and, dead and you killed all those other people. So. Or you killed all those other. people. I did not. That was at the airport we'll where fi- I killed those people. We'll at the find airport. out who kills all the people. Well, I'm dead, so it wasn't me. No, they killed you because you were. It was like you were the bad guy. Speaking from beyond the grave, Kevin mm, Clark. Clark. Here we are. Wow. <laughs> Bye. Suspense is killing us, etc. <laughs> Until next time, the suspense is killing us. Bye. Bye.